most trusted voice in professional wrestling. Look at this! More than four decades behind the mic. Plain and simple. With unrivaled success in broadcasting. From ringside to the boardroom, to the New York Times bestsellers list. What an impact! Keen insight with a sharp tongue. And if they're smart, they'll listen. Westwood One Podcast Network presents... The Jim Ross Report with WWE Hall of Famer Jim Ross and now the man himself, good old JR. Well, thank you very much, anonymous big voice guy. Hi, everybody. I am Jim Ross. Thank you so much for being with us on the Jim Ross Report. Right here from the mighty Westwood One. Uh, Packed show today, big time. Uh, Dave LaGreca, Best Open Radio, will be joining us a little bit later on as will... Uh, Marty Skrull, how about that? I got it right first time out. So don't uh, don't throw me under your buses, you spelling freaks. Uh, Marty's and both of these guys are compelling guests, great conversationalists, and I think you're going to really enjoy both interviews that were recorded uh, on the cruise of Jericho. Uh, so that, that's still to come. And uh, but first of all, as you always know, here's what's on my mind. Starting what's on my mind here this week, with a, on a sad note, uh, our good friend Jose Lothario died on Tuesday uh, down in Texas, 83 years of age. Jose was a very unique Latin star. Uh, the, his uh, Hispanic descent seemed to give him a little bit more extra juice in this much as uh, Jose had the elements that every baby face, to be successful, must uh, maintain. They must possess, and that is his ability to sell, his real passion that's not manufactured, but it comes from him, and the fact that he never gives up. You get those things, you build a trust with your audience, and so you become a dependable investment for them when they're buying a ticket. It's not that hard, in my estimation, as to how that whole dichotomy works. Jose was a he, he was a heel at certain times as well. That everybody is seemingly uh, along the journey, but Jose was just a great baby face, full of fire. You knew he would never quit on you. He's going to fight till the very very end. And man, he had some of the best punches that I think I've ever seen. I know Jose had a, had, had some amateur boxing experience, no doubt about that as well. He's best known for in this generation for training uh, Shawn Michaels. And I was in Cowboy Bill Watts' office the day that uh, he and I, Watts and I were having a booking meeting, and uh, he, he uh, got a phone call from Jose and telling Bill he had trained this kid named Shawn Michaels. Uh, I think it was Shawn Higginbottom then, uh, but nonetheless, uh, it was Shawn Michaels, and that uh, he wanted to Bill to give this kid a shot and give him a break and hire him. Well, Bill had never seen Shawn. He didn't have any 8x10s. He didn't have any videotape because Sean was a rookie coming out of Jose's training area and getting his first job in the territory. And so uh, Bill hired him sight unseen, strictly on the word of Jose Lothario. That's how trusted and respected this man was throughout his career. Uh, It was a blessing for me to even know him. Uh, He conducted himself uh, even late in his career when he was in Shawn Michaels' corner, like in San Antonio, or against Bret Hart in the Ironman match, like always, like a the 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 consummate pro. So uh, my thoughts and prayers go out to Jose's family and his friends. So many in the wrestling business that loved Jose as many of us did, and uh, we wish him 
them nothing but some peace and serenity uh, during this trying time. So, Jose, we will meet you, but it has been a pleasure knowing you until we meet again. we got good news on the food front. I always like starting off something with that food front. I don't know what that means. Food front is uh, meaning to me is that JR's products are now in all the Ingalls markets throughout the Southeast. That's over 200 stores. So if there's an Ingalls store near you, uh, I would sincerely appreciate you checking them out, uh, going to the, uh, the sauce aisle, sauce, and, uh, and take a, and buy a, buy some product. That'd be nice. My grandkids appreciate it. <laughs> and, but take a picture. Even if you're not in the mood to buy, at least take a picture and tweet it to me at JRSBBQ. And uh, we're going to try to do some kind of little something on that uh, front soon. But uh, love to know where you were, what store it was. And uh, we appreciate that very much. I think uh, we've already got some floating in here already. It's not really official, but it is now. Go for it. And uh, I'm going to text message right now from somebody, probably about the barbecue sauce. Um, so there's that. Also, you know, it's always at www.shop.com. They do great jobs of uh, facilitating your order, the order fulfillment, if you will. You know what I'm saying? So uh, www.shop.com, Ingalls markets throughout the southeastern USA over 200 stores man I'm proud about that that made my little wife Jan very happy that was her product man she that was her labor of love and and all our of course our proceeds go to partial our proceeds go to headlock on hunger uh and uh, speaking of headlock on hunger I'll be uh at, at head with headlock on hunger at Wrestlecade that's over just over two weeks away Saturday only November 24 that's Thanksgiving weekend the Saturday after uh the OU at West Virginia game, man. I'm having a, I'm in between a rock and a hard spot here. I got to figure out if I go uh, on Thursday, Thanksgiving, to uh, Morgantown. Then I got to get to so after the game's over. I got to get to Winston Salem, North Carolina, by land. It's over 300 miles. That's all for me. That'd be an all night drive. So uh, to hook up with Jerry Lawler there and uh, from 10 to 3 on Saturday, November 24th. So it's headlockonhunger.org, uh, JR and the King together there. Great photo op for you. Uh, I'm not sure I'm going to make the football game. I'll be watching if i got to take the whole day to get to Winston-Salem from uh, OKC. The troubles, the trials and tribulations of being a football fanatic, huh? We all got them. Some of you guys are nodding your head right now. You know exactly what I'm talking about. So i got to figure it out. Plus... Do I want to stand out in the cold for four hours at least? Those two teams play. Are you kidding? It's a marathon. And uh, then ride for another four hours or so. And then work all day. And then fly home. So we'll see how that works out. Man, I'm a busy guy here today. I thought I turned my damn phone off. And I need a lesson from Apple, I guess. Uh, the King and I are excited about uh, going to Cleveland. Uh, we're going to be there at, uh, at Hilarity's Cleveland on Saturday, December the 8th. Uh, it's a matinee show, uh, 2 o'clock for the meet and greet, 4 o'clock for the show. Uh, if you've got a VIP ticket, you, King and I, you have, we have a limited number of those. We have do a meet and greet, photo ops, sign your swag, you know, chat a little bit. and uh, So that's good for the VIPs. That's at 2 o'clock. The $35 ticket is for the uh, show only, and uh, you will get your money's worth, I promise you. Tickets are available right now. They're going fast, I'm told, at hilarities.com. So hope you'll join us there for that in Cleveland. And then we're going to stay over, of course, and go to the Browns game the next day. 
I'm going to, I'm going to suck all the freeness I can out of, uh, <laughs> our notoriety. Uh, but you know, I'm there to entertain on Saturday with the King and then go see my boy Becker Mayfield play on Sunday. Pretty much. That's it. Um, it's going to be a great weekend. So if you're in the area, come to our show, you see us somewhere around town, be sure and come say hello. No problem. Man, I tell you, I've had so many interesting uh, trains of thought on the Jericho cruise. It was amazing. And uh, Chris and his team uh, just did a phenomenal job of uh, producing this this cruise. Um, Really, really was was, uh, impressed uh, from start to finish, getting us on uh, the ship and getting us off the ship to, to the mainland it was a, it was a painless because we listened. They had it organized, and uh, Raphael Morphy, uh, you know, led the way as usual. So it was good. It was good. I love the uh, uh, Jericho and the Bucks, the Alpha Club versus the Bullet Club match. Really a fun six man, but everything was there's no no bad spots for me. I didn't. Poor Mick Foley got seasick terribly, and uh, but I went to his show on. What night was it? Tuesday night or Monday night? I'm not sure. Maybe Monday. And uh, he was phenomenal. Great show. And uh, he was just really good. And he didn't look like he was sick to me, but that's Mick. You know, he probably felt like hell, but he's the show must go on, right? Uh, oh, by the way, uh, I wanted to remind you that uh, we are making some plans for uh, some things at WrestleMania. You know, uh, we're going to. We're going to have a show there. We're trying to do a JR and a King show at WrestleMania. I'll let you know the details on that once we get them finalized. We're also hoping to do something with uh, Westwood One during WrestleMania week. That's still on the drawing board. But uh, we're thinking of different ideas that would that would include uh, the great lineup of stars from the Westwood One podcast network. So uh, a lot of neat things are kind of working, but uh, we'll, have you, we'll have word for you on the WrestleMania stuff Uh a little bit closer to the time. And speaking of WrestleMania, on Sunday morning, April the 7th, 2019, man, am I an optimistic son of a gun or not? 66 years old, already planning something for April of 2019. The eternal optimist, right? That's good old JR. Uh, I'm going to be a guest of uh, John Pozarowski. Hey, that ain't easy. John Pozarowski, two-man power trip, better known as perhaps. They're on Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. Uh, they're going to have a pre-WrestleMania event, autograph signings, taking cell phone photos. Uh, our Slobberknocker book will be there on sale. And by the way, the Slobberknocker book will also be at uh, at WrestleCade. So if you want, if never if you haven't bought our book and you want to buy one at WrestleCade, old Raphael will be there and uh, we will uh, sell you a book and I'll be tickled to death to sign it for you. But uh, this big event at the the morning of WrestleMania will take place at the Meadowlands Plaza Hotel. And uh, a lot of uh, the, the funny theme about this, not funny, but the uniqueness of this is that it's going to be a football slash wrestling theme with people that have had affiliations in football. Myself, like with the Falcons, the XFL, 20 years as, as an official. Stan Hansen is going to be there. Uh, Tully Blanchard, Dance Fivey. Tito Santana, and many more are, are jumping on this team, no pun intended. So that's on the uh, Sunday, April the 7th, the morning of WrestleMania at the Meadowlands Plaza Hotel. 
and there'll be more information on that coming your way very, very soon. Well, last weekend, I uh, used my uh, outdoor kitchen to enjoy some grilling and OU football at uh, Texas Tech. And, you know, the game was 51 to 46. I know. The Big 12 plays not stellar D. I get it. You're right. They don't. Nobody has a dominating defense in the Big 12 conference. And for those us of us apologists, he's for me to say, it's just uh, you got to admit the truth. There's nobody in any league plays better offense than you see in the Big 12. Unfortunately, if you're a football purist, your defensive uh, content is lacking. Therefore, oh, this Saturday, I'm going to uh, Saturday afternoon. My family's coming in from Tulsa. My daughter, my son-in-law, my two granddaughters, and uh, taking them to the uh, homecoming game between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Yes, Oklahoma State, uh, Jack and Jerry Briscoe's alma mater. I tell you, I love the Briscoes. I sure do. Uh, but I, I love, I'll still love Jerry on Saturday. I just hope that his team gets their, gets their ass woodshedded. And he says the same thing about my team. That's what we're supposed to do. But we don't hold grudges. So uh, in any event, Oklahoma State this Saturday afternoon I, I gave you the right advice last week. Let's see if we can make it, or maybe a couple weeks now. I like the over. Last I looked, it was 77. I think Oklahoma wins 50-something to maybe 30-something. So uh, that's just, uh, that is rumor and innuendo. So uh, and I, I didn't get that tip from Connie. Connie, my boy. I love those nice fat cheeks. And he's married. Connie is married. Connie and old Bruce are doing a good job. And Connie and Eric doing these shows out and about. Good job. And, of course, you know Conrad and uh, Eric, 83 weeks. Eric's right here on the mighty Westwood one. Alabama at the other team's home, LSU, and they shut them out 29 to nothing. They're scary, man. That's what happens. You recruit every year that great class, and they do. It's not occasionally. Well, they, we had the number nine class and we had the number four class. They're number one, two, or three every single year. And that's a testament to Nick Saban and his system, his staff, and the university's commitment to uh, continue to fund that football program like an NFL franchise, if not better than some. Big rumor in football is that Les Miles old Lester is going to be going to Kansas University. I felt bad for the guy that was at Kansas Beatty. David Beatty kind of got the short end of the straw there but jeff long is the ad uh jeff i think jeff's a former osu guy stillwater guy i think and uh, he might have been there when lester was there but one thing about old Les will bring some light to the uh highlights and some entertainment uh to games and certainly the uh, big 12 media days will take an upturn because Les is a funny guy outspoken and at this stage of his life he probably doesn't give a damn let's just go beat people up and win some ball games not a bad formula. Speaking of beating somebody up, the Steelers finally, after uh, a very rocky starter atop their division, without Le'Veon Bell. What a joke that deal is. Are you kidding me? Boy, the NFL Players Association has so much power that they're able to negotiate something like this into the player contracts. The, with the, your tenure and this. and Hey, I, got no, I don't want anybody to help prisoner. I get that. 
but boy, you got you're getting paid so much money, and all these guys are supposed to be your 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 boys, right? Nothing, nothing. And uh, you know, here I say this, he'll he'll show up and play, but uh, man, it's not good. It's not good. Uh, all about the money. It's not about his teammates. It's not about the city of Pittsburgh. It's not about the Steelers. Hell, it's not about the NFL. It's about one guy's money that he was able to manipulate with a very smart agent, the system. Because you can't look me in the eye and tell me what's happening is the way it should be. Can't buy it. Won't buy it. I will buy that PWI is a top 100. Ronda Rousey, number one. And Becky Lynch, number 11. What the hell was that? I guess most of it was voted on before our title win, but still. Stu Sachs and uh, Dan Murphy have been on the show before. I've known Stu forever. And by the way, uh, Becky and Rhonda will face each other at the Survivor Series in L.A. at the Staples Center. I had a good idea for that, I think. You know, you, you got to – I figure that Rousey is going to go over. And I don't have a problem with that. Uh, you're not going to – you're not going to one loss. And again, depending on how the how the pro, the process uh, evolves, it ain't going to hurt Becky Lynch. I'm sorry, run your your image. It's not. She's that over, and she has a lot of momentum. And so a bump in the road, depending again how it's executed, is not going to kill her. I like uh, Rousey going for the arm bar, and uh, Becky refusing to give up, uh, and uh, passing out. Well, the referee stops it. She doesn't mean totally unconscious, but where she can't defend herself or make a decision whether or not she can continue or not. If it's executed and explained, it's a hell of a finish. It makes her tougher, tougher than $2 steak, and it gets Rousey's arm bar even more over. And you got your big investor, your big ticket player, uh, getting her hand raised. That's just my take on it. But what do I know? Uh, Access TV this this uh, weekend, boy, we had fun. Josh Barnett and I had fun calling the Hiroshi Tanahashi and Switchblade Jay White matchup. Boy, well, a twenty-something-year-old and a forty-something-year-old, they really they really brought it, and I love that match. And I congratulate both men uh, for their efforts and the storytelling. And it's also a unique uh, presentation from Chris Jericho on Friday Night Show. And uh, I, I think some people know this. I'm not sure. But, you know, my, my, uh, I've loved working for Access TV as much as any job I've ever had since I was a kid. Seriously. Great people. Love the network. I believe in what Mark Cuban's doing and his staff, Adam Swift, uh, all these dudes, you know, uh, Danny Zach, our producer. But my contract with Access ends at the end of the year. And uh, uh, to get it extended, I would have to – get a special dis, uh, dip, uh, disposition or uh, made by WWE because I have a contract with them too through the end of March. So it looks as if um, our last voiceover session for Josh and I uh, is next week. So uh, I hate to see that come to an end, but you never know how things come back around. I'm you know, not closing any doors, but it's not, because, it's not by choice. It's just a contractual situation that has to be remedied, and it will be in time. No big deal. So uh, I think Josh is also moving on. So uh, we'll, we'll have a good uh, voiceover session, and, and uh, I've really enjoyed working with him too, with Josh. 
So it's a kind of a bittersweet month in that respect. But uh, good stuff this weekend. Every Friday night, make a point of watching 8, 7 Central, Access TV's uh, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Great brand. Great product. Uh, and, boy, the Wrestle Kingdom card is coming uh, through nicely, right? Omega Tanahashi. Jericho Naito. I love that. Okada. Switchblade Jay White. Another show stealer. Kushida versus Ishimori. That'll be badass. So there's a lot of neat things coming to uh, on January 4th. Wish I could be there for that one. Uh, hey, don't forget now, around the Wrestling Horn, we're trying to help some of these promotions out very quickly here. This Thursday, uh, November the 8th, uh, MLW's in Chicago at Cicero Stadium. Uh, looks like they're going to have a big full house there, what we're told. Uh, they also have TV tapings, does MLW in Miami, uh, Florida at the Miami Scottish Rite Park Place Auditorium. Jeez. Whew. Thursday, December 13th, and Friday, December 14th. Check out MLW.com for all the information, where they're at, where they're going. Don't, in a sentence, the preposition, JR, sorry. Say it. God damn, say it. Uh, Impact Wrestling will be hosting TV tapings in Las Vegas, or Las Vegas, at Samstown Casino this coming week. Three nights, Sunday, November 11th through Tuesday, November 13th. Not a bad getaway option. Vegas, wrestling. Uh, I can tell you this, uh, the Impact's new time slot uh, dropped on them by Pop TV, 10 o'clock Eastern. Uh, did them no favors. It's doing them no favors. It's, it's hammering nails in coffins as far as TV vernacular is concerned. Last week, the uh, viewership was hovering around 100,000. You can't sell goods out of an empty wagon, kids, and the wagon's damn near empty. And that's a shame because they've got good creative people. They've got a good talent roster. They've got a lousy, they meaning impact, pronoun boy. Um, just a, you know, you can't, you can't, make, that won't work. And for anybody to think it's going to work sooner than later or it'll catch on, we, that's not true. It will never work. You're perpetuating the inevitable. And that's not a good ending. Ring of Honor will have a good ending. Uh, they'll be hosting their Global War Series, streamed on their Honor Club service. Check rohwrestling.com for streaming and live event ticket details. Novel idea. I applaud the, uh, ROH for that. So check out rohwrestling.com for all the info. Well, you know, as I mentioned in December... On an interview I did with Business Insider in New York City, that uh, it, to me it was a no-brainer. It was inevitable, based on the lay of the land and the genre, that Hulk Hogan would would be back in WWE. We saw that happen just a few weeks ago in uh, Saudi. Big pop. That's what you're looking for. He's probably never going to wrestle, or you know I can see a little physicality here and there, but to try to burden him with, to carry a whole match. Probably not the smartest thing to do. He's an attraction. He's a magnificent attraction. Whether you like him or you don't like him for his, for his past actions, I have to believe that we're supposed to try to forgive people. And I got no, if he's sincere about where he's going and, and the road he's traveling, which I'm sure that he is, uh, then give the guy an opportunity to, to repent and correct and and do good things by others 
So we, we predicted his return back in December. It has happened. Thank you very much. I'll stop patting myself on the back because, as Grilla Munson would say, you may break your arm. Uh, get well wishes to Triple H, Torn Peck. Man, I, you could tell that well, during the show uh, that he was, he was hurting. Gruesome injury to continue to try to get everything in as best they could. He's a tough dude, man. Uh, really is a tough guy. He's, all the injuries he's he's uh, endured and returned from. So he got to operate on the midweek in uh, Birmingham. Sweet home Alabama, Conrad. My boy. Roll Tide. Uh, but uh, get well, Triple H. He's got a lot on his plate. And I would think the wrestling facet of that plate needs to be uh, tabled till further notice. Uh, Monday Night Raw is an interesting show. Uh, I, I uh, watched it on DVR, which really went a bad way. I went to the Thunder game on Monday night and saw the Thunder play the Pelicans. I can tell you this, man. Officiating sucks. It really does. These guys uh, have per- apparently been – these guys being the officials, the three officials, have apparently been uh, uh, convinced that they must be a friend to the coach and be personable and conversational conversational and uh laugh at jokes because alvin gentry is a very very entertaining guy i was on the second row uh and Al, and uh, coach gentry is on the front row right, right right in front of me he's hilarious so uh but the, it, it's just a, not a it's not a good mix you can't be buds you can't be bros so i don't know but in any event, the Monday night show, I watched it on on, uh, on the DVR. Uh, Nia Jack planting the seed with Rhonda. Got it. I wasn't crazy about the handicap tag team thing. I know, and we've done it a million times. I know it's not new. I know it's, it's established to some extent. It's just illogical. You would not put a man in a ring against two monsters and uh, – in a tag title scenario i don't think i know an argument can be made for it and it's already done so what the hell but to me it's illogical in the grand scheme of things but if it worked then it's not so illogical is it uh really thought uh, drew mcintyre who we had on a show here a few weeks ago you can go back and listen to that you'll love it you could hear in his voice then he's a changed man and that's all he ever had to do was to change his attitude change his approach and his way of thinking and he's going to be anything he wants to be i believe that uh if if i were the booker i would probably say he's my uh he's my in my own deck circle to be the guy when it's his time he's going to get the call and if that's against lesnar at wrestlemania doesn't bother me not a bad booking uh, and, and a lot of things can be solved with that deal. That's a huge attraction, especially if you keep McIntyre building and the old, the old proverbial rocket tied to his uh, keister. Becky Lynch stole the show on, on SmackDown. That's nothing unusual. You know, she's uh, – I said earlier that her and Ronda Rousey – it's the deal. you got champion versus champion, but what's, it, but what's at stake? Oh, pride. Oh, pride. Bragging rights or Pride. Oh, here's what you get. 
put a dollar in that pot with the bragging rights, and you might be able to buy yourself a coffee. Talking trash is nothing new. It's worn out. It's fun, but it's not novel. Something's got to be dangling. There's got to be some caveat as to why this match. Something tangible. Today's younger fans don't understand sometimes uh, the value of something unless it has uh, a, uh, a price tag on it. So you, maybe you win a Rolls Royce or you win a Maserati because my Maserati does 185. Well, I lost my license and now I don't drive. So uh, I'm thinking uh, something. But in any event, I mentioned earlier about the finish. Rousey gets her finish over. Becky doesn't tap. Becky passes out. Or the referee's discretion says she cannot continue. She can't, she's in- inaudible. And I'm stopping the match. So Rousey wins by referee stoppage. It's common practice in MMA. It's common practice in boxing. It happens in real life. Why couldn't it happen at Survivor Series? Just an idea. But Becky was a star of a SmackDown, in my opinion. And one other thing that's on my mind, uh, the Crown Jewel event, uh, you know, where Shane McMahon won the uh, WWE World Cup uh, after the Miz was un- unable to continue in the final round against Dolph Ziggler. I only got to believe, and I, I want to believe, and I need to believe that there's a major storyline uh, brewing out of that development. Because logically, I'm challenged to see the merit of that particular piece of creative. And so, uh, you know, it's, Shane's, a, hey, I, Shane's a hell of a guy. And, and don't, ever, don't ever underestimate his toughness and all that good stuff. But it just didn't click for me. So what I'm doing is instead of, you know, I'm not going to any protest. I'm not going to start a petition. I'm just going to wait. And see how that storyline affects bigger storylines. Something big has to come out of this, or it is a massive creative failure. And that's what's on my mind. You know these uh, plethora of uh, TV ads regarding your ancestry? They run endlessly. It's a hot product. And a lot of people like me are are curious. So, you know, I'm kind of slowing down a little bit and being around my family more. I think I should share more of who we are to them. And uh, so I have, uh, I'm, I'm involved with 23andMe. Now, you might need to understand this. It kind of tells a bigger story that 23andMe is named for the 23 pairs of chromosomes that make up our DNA. So 23andMe is a personal genetic service that helps you understand what your DNA can tell you about you and your family story. That was a key thing for me. I wanted my granddaughters to know about our family. Uh, your loved ones, uh, you know, we get together Thanksgiving like everybody else or whatever holidays, birthdays, OU football. Give you something more to talk about. It's a great study for these kids. It's for everybody. I'm so excited about getting our results back. I can't wait. I want to know more about my mom, my dad. My great grandfather. I've got so many relatives that came in the original Trail of Tears as a, a, a Cherokee Indians. I'm a Native American, proud Cherokee. I want to know more about that. So with 23andMe, they're going to take care of those questions. They're going to answer them finally because I've wondered all my life. I'm not going to wonder anymore. 
See how your DNA breaks out across 150 regions worldwide. This is very thorough. Trace parts of your ancestry to a specific group of individuals from 1,000 plus years ago. Discover how much Neanderthal DNA that you inherited. Opt in and connect with DNA relatives and find other 23andMe customers who share your DNA and ancestors. It's easy to do, folks, I promise you. You simply spit into the tube provided in your 23andMe kit. Register your sample to your personal 23andMe account and in a few weeks receive your personalized online reports. That's simple. And here's the deal. Uh, I, I really think this is really crucial information to hear and, and to remember. Uh, you can explore where your DNA is out of 150-plus regions worldwide. Cover it all. You can also trace parts of your ancestry to a specific group of individuals from, get this, 1,000-plus years ago. So here's the big news, kids. From now through Thanksgiving, 23andMe Ancestry Service kits are only $49 per kit when you buy two or more. That's 50% off the regular kit price of $99 this holiday. I think they're hellaciously good holiday gifts, quite frankly. Order your 23andMe Ancestry Kit at 23andMe.com slash JR. That's the number 23andMe.com slash JR. Hope you're enjoying the show thus far, everybody. Thanks again for being with us. Thanks again for subscribing for free to our program and leaving those wonderful five-star ratings. We love those. More on that later, still to come. Uh, had a chance to catch up with my friend Dave LaGreca, Bust Open Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 93. And uh, been on the show uh, many times. Dave's got some very talented partners that he uh, he's with, but he's a straw that stirs the drink, no doubt about that, because he's the constant. He's there more often than not, five days a week. And what that show means to the wrestling business is incredible, quite frankly, because it's accessible worldwide. Uh, we'll talk about that with Dave. So here's my conversation when Dave dropped by with his lovely wife, Violetta, and uh, we had this chat. been wanting to get Dave LeGrec on my podcast here for a long time because he's always been gracious enough to me in my many projects. I feel like a selling a moonshine on a carnival circuit sometimes. <laughs> Want to buy a shirt? Want to buy some seasoning? Uh, but Dave, good to see you here on, on board. As we record this, folks, uh, we're still sailing. Yep. And then looking out the door right now, nothing but blue skies and a few little white caps. Nice day. And uh, you having fun? I'm having a great time. Honest to God, in all honesty, this has been one of the best vacations I've ever been on. Cool. Yeah. The health of pro wrestling, you know, uh, I said on my show, this very show here, there's never been a better time to be a wrestling yep. fan. And, you know, that speaks to what you do for a living because I got to believe, and maybe I'm wrong, uh, that it would have been much more challenging for you to get a five-day-a-week show on a major network like Sirius XM about pro wrestling, five days a week. Mm -hmm. And it's not buried, you know, from midnight to 3 a.m. We're talking big time, 9 a Eastern yep. to noon, five days a week, folks. So it's on Channel 92. I have that set on my, my uh, vehicle. I listen to it a lot. I even what's the guy's name that follows you? Uh, Luke Thomas. Yeah, he's pretty good. 
Yeah, no, we have a good, we have a strong lineup yeah. on that channel. Uh, the boss has done a nice job. Mother Marissa. Yep. Yeah, I like her. <laughs> yeah, she's done a really good job putting everything together. She's, a, she's sharp. She's sharp. Done a good, great job. Uh, but you guys are always treated me great, so I think we're going to have have get Dave on here and talk about that. How well, this is an I mean, not to interrupt you, but this is an honor. The fact that, like you just said, I'm I'm on the Chris Jericho cruise. We see the ocean outside the window, and and I'm sitting with you, the you know the greatest announcer of all time, and doing this, doing your show. I mean, it it doesn't get much for me. It doesn't get much better <laughs> oh, than good. this. Yeah, it's, that's, it's, that's good life. That's life. Yeah. that's good. Life that's good is that. Yep. So uh, I'm, I'm happy to be a part of that little equation. I appreciate it. What were you doing prior to doing Busted Open? I know you're in radio, mm-hmm. audio, whatever. Yep. But what were what were what what some of the roles you've had uh, prior to uh, being the head guy on uh, Busted Open? Well, uh, in radio, I, I've worked for ESPN. I've worked for WFAN in New York, and with Sirius XM, I was the morning show producer for their NFL channel, and I was I did that for 13 years. Oh wow! So. Um, I kind of just pitched to my boss, I'd love to do a wrestling show. Just give me that opportunity. And it took almost two years to get that opportunity. And it was for one day, <laughs> for one hour. And it was myself and Doug Mortman. You remember yeah, Doug, my sure. old co-host. Nice, nice guy. Yep. And, uh, and it just grew from there. And the popularity just built and built and, until what we have now, a, a morning show and for three hours and – Having Bully Ray involved and Mark Henry involved and Tommy Dreamer involved, it's been it's been amazing. You got a good crew there, and everybody's got their own. You have your own uh, synergy with each each of them because they're all different. If you try to be Dave, the same exact Dave, because sometimes you know where you, where Mark what Mark's hot buttons are, or mm-hmm. or Bubba or Bully. Yeah, I, I still can't get. <laughs> When he worked for me, he was Bubba, and I and I uh, and he was a soldier, no doubt, a powerful soldier. But I I still have issues calling him uh, uh, Bully Ray. I was on Taz's radio show one time, and I called him Pete. Oh boy! Oh, I just stepped out. He didn't care. You know, I didn't do it on purpose. But you know, when you're riding in a car to a town, and when he and I were doing SmackDown together, this short time, you know, he's Pete. Yeah. J.R. Pete. I just, I just always call him bully yep. so that there's never like, so there's never a slip of the tongue. So even when I talk to him off the air, I always call him by bully. There you go. Well, that's actually smart. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, my, the, the, having uh, relationships outside the ring with talents, it, you're lucky when they're, they're talents. The one that was hardest was Undertaker because he was always Mark, you know, Mark Calloway. And then, when you're on TV, he ain't marking them. No. <laughs> so you got to make sure that your your mind is kicked in. What you're doing, what you're doing. Uh, I thought it was a big win for the business when you guys went to five days a week. I thought it was a big win for wrestling. Yeah, and I've even on this cruise, I've I've run into a lot of wrestlers, especially with Impact and Ring of Honor, that have really thanked me for doing the show and having them on because it is exposure for them. And yep. you've you say it on your show all the time. JR, because I listened to all of your shows, and you you love promoting everything. You it, it makes it, it makes the business yeah. strong. So you pro, you promote like the Jericho Cruise. You're always so. Th- uh, I'm thankful for the fact that you always promote uh, my show as well. 
because it's just good for the industry. It's good for everybody. So, and and I'm trying to do the same thing. You know, I mentioned your show. I, I mentioned this cruise. Yeah, I appreciate that too. No, I, and 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 I love getting wrestlers on too that maybe a lot of the mainstream fans don't really know about. Yeah. And especially what what was going on with the NWA and Nick Aldis, I, I really wanted to talk about that as much as I possibly could because being an old school fan and loving the NWA. I thought it was almost my duty to be able to promote that brand, sure. especially now. Yeah, of course. It was, it was a big part in our youth, our, ver- our various stages of our uh, development as a wrestling fan. They were a big league. Mm-hmm. You know, there was the American League and the National League and baseball type thing. You know, the two different, the AFL, the NFL, and football, all that normal analogy stuff you could do. But they were the alternative to WWWF. And uh, because where I lived in Oklahoma – uh, you know, we were never going to get the WWF champion to come to Tulsa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bruno, Bruno would have done it for Bill because uh, they were buddies. But seriously, you know, you, you wanted somebody off the TVS show. They, and that's the NWA champion because yep. they sold tickets. And they didn't have any dogs in that role, as you well remember. You know, Flair is at his all-time best in some of that era. You know, he was pretty good. I interviewed Ricky Steamboat the other day, and they, somebody says uh, – uh, to me that day, he said, after I'd done my third Okada Omega match, right? They come to me and they say, uh, I bet you've never seen anything even remotely like that have you in your life. It's so amazing, that ma- the three matches they had. And I said, well, I had this one match in 89. <laughs> yep. They had three of them, Steamboat and Flair, that will hold up today. Uh, and no- that's nothing against Kenny, any success or whatever. Uh, I love Kenny. He's a He's a smart intelligent kid he's a marketer he's a self-promoter all in a good way because when you, you these guys are uh, independent contractors how can you not be a self-promoter yep. right absolutely uh, so uh that by the way that okada omega match the the wrestle kingdom match is how the relationship between me and bully started and how eventually he got on the show how's that because on the air i mentioned that i thought it was one of the best matches i had ever seen and he texted me and said, "Are you real? Are you serious? Like that's the best match you've ever seen? Like he's giving me all examples and reasons why he thought it wasn't. You know, it was a very good match, but he didn't think it was among the elite. And we were texting back and forth, and it got so heated that eventually he just picked up the phone and called me, and we were arguing about it back and forth. And I just said, you know what? This would make for great radio. Yeah. And that got the ball rolling of him being a part of the show. That's interesting." Well, he does a good job. And I tell you this, too. He's getting better. Uh, he's got a very uh, uh, tart personality. I think. <laughs> and he always needs to sit the head of the table because he can lead the meeting. Yes. He is an, he's a frigging alpha male. I got no, no, Anything I just said about Bubba do I have a problem with. I embraced it when he was mm-hmm. working at WWE. Uh, they were workhorses, man. They, they Don't worry about the mules. Just load the wagon. Bubba and Devon, uh, but uh, he can be a little argumentative. He was when when the when the uh, three teams pled their case on a, on a low payoff in their perception, the Hardys, Edge Christian, and the Dudleys. Do I have to even suggest who might have led that meeting on their side? Who their counselor was in wrestlers' court? Bubba, yeah, of course. And he did a good job. Yep. And they got more money, and we did we did pay them lower than we should have. Uh, but sometimes when you're doing a payroll that has a hundred names on it 
and everybody contributes in a different way, then as the days go on, you realize the TLC match was utterly spectacular. We knew it was spectacular from watching it as a fan, but then it, it caught on. Mm -hmm. It got on fire, and the fire just went out of control to where people love that uh, that match. So It's like uh, Steamboat and Savage from WrestleMania 3. Yep. You know, when when that show was over, everybody was talking about Hogan and Andre, yep. but yep. as time went on and people got to watch it Comes more back and more, around, yep. yep, it got bigger and bigger. And you mentioned before, and, and, I, and I appreciate the compliment when you said that I have to do the show differently for each host that I have. One of the problems when Bully first started working with me is – it's bully, you know, and he is the alpha male, and he could he could be intimidating. So a lot of times on the air, he would say something, and I would think something different, and I would kind of just ease back, and I wouldn't say anything, or I would agree with him, even though I really didn't agree with him. That's not good. And and then I eventually I was like, nah, this doesn't make for good radio. Right. So I started fighting back, and he embraces it. You know, he, he likes that. He really likes that. He has that combative nature, which I think makes for good a good on-air product. Very combat, com, uh, com, combative, I yes. should say. Uh, but it's inter it is entertaining radio. A thing I've noticed, too, is that all the really great broadcasts that I've heard as a kid growing up, and that was my major influences to get into broadcasting, I never dreamed of being a wrestling announcer. Not one day of my life that I'm going to recall, maybe uh, in my younger years. Even though I watched it every week, mm -hmm. we had one hour wrestling a week in my area. And uh, I really enjoyed it, you know, a little TV antenna, you know, sometimes I turned a little bit to get the signal. But my deal with my dad was my dad detested it. Uh, he thought they were perpetuating a fraud. Because <laughs> my dad is a big bastard, 6'3", about 275, big, broad bone, farmer, strong. His wrists are like, you know, four inches wide. He's a massive guy. He said, you can't, there's not a man in the world can have his arms on the top rope backed into the corner and let me stand on the second rope and hit him in the face exactly 10 times with everything I got and not leave a bruise or bloody a nose or break his nose or knock a tooth out or whatever. And so I didn't think about that very long because it made too much sense. Yeah. I didn't want him to go there. Mm -hmm. I want to believe. So they had suspended my disbelief, but they didn't suspend dad's. So... But my deal was, I got to watch one-hour wrestling if I did my schoolwork. My, we lived on a 160-acre farm. There was always chores to do. So that was my that was my reward was wrestling. Even though I just liked to watch it as a fan. I didn't have any – well, I knew I was going to be a wrestler. But, yeah. Huh. You know, but we just fall in love with it for some reason. It's the it thing. It's the it factor, man. So It's so funny because your story is similar to mine. And I didn't grow up on the farm. I, I grew up in New Jersey. But my dad was an old school leather jacket, kind of the, the duck tail on the hair and get into bar fights when he was in his 20s. And then he would take me to wrestling. We would see the Rock and Roll Express. And he'd be like, are you kidding me? These guys are like 120 pounds each. I, I, I would kick the hell out of them. And I was like, you know, it's that whole, you know, just buying in and it, that that I love about pro wrestling. So that's funny you said that story because it yeah. reminded me of my dad. My dad is going to be aware not to be fooled by false prophets. You know, they're not really bleeding. They've done something. You know, everybody knows exactly what happened, but they end up figuring it out when the media got in. We talked earlier about the, how the business has changed. One of the things, other than, you know, your show, as I said, is a great testament to how much wrestling is evolving and is being accepted in the mainstream world. Anybody that has to look no farther than Busted Open Radio Monday through Friday to find that. Uh, the other thing that's changed about this, and 
game big time, and for what you do for a living, is uh, social media. Yeah. It has changed the game. And I say this to people, and I know a lot of my old, my peers are in my age group and old school guys. I'm not old school when it comes to marketing and promoting. I'm not. Never will be, I hope. But, uh, you know, you can't sell goods out of an empty wagon. And secondly, most of us don't have extensive advertising budgets. You know, I'm sure that, I'm not sure, I'm assuming that Sirius doesn't, you know, lay down half a mil a year for you guys to promote your show no. on billboards. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> so we got how do we, how do we, how do we get the word out? Social media. Yep. And it's a big part of the game, man. It's a big key. Uh, listen, I'll, I'll, I, I say this all the time with my, if there's one reason why my wife Violetta would ever divorce me is because I'm buried in that phone. All the time, yeah. I'm always on. Um, I'm always on social media. I'm always on Facebook. I'm always on Twitter, because that's the show's not over at noon when I sign off. Right. Like that, it's that's just the first part. The second part is all the social media. They want to hear about what I thought of the show, what I thought of the guest, what I think of Raw, what I think of SmackDown, what I think of Ring of Honor, and so I am constantly. And plus, fans are also chiming in and. They want their they want their voice to be heard, so they want you to like it or retweet it or add a comment and everything. So you, I, I feel like I'm I'm on the phone almost constantly because of social media, which is a good thing and it's a bad thing. I'll be honest; these last couple of days on the cruise, it was good to put my phone on airplane mode and just be disconnected for a couple of days. I didn't like it at first, truthfully, but I have grown to appreciate it. And now when I get that infrequent. Uh, I haven't tweeted anything. I don't know. It's a few days. Yeah. Because everything that says failure to send or something like that. So I just quit sending. I, I got. I was laughing my, this morning here. There's a lot of things I can laugh at when I get out of bed. But I was, I was, I was laughing at the fact that uh, when we all land or get ashore, our phones are going to literally go crazy. Oh yeah. You know I'm gonna. I'm going to be a. Uh, I'm going to be a, a, a play the role of uh, Larry Flint and put mine on vibrate and put it in my pocket. <laughs> uh, but can you imagine the dings and the pings and the oh. tones that's going to be hitting when you're, when you're going over? It's going to be amazing. Yeah, it's it's going to be crazy. It's but you know, I it's it's like I said, it was good to be disconnected. But you're you're right. It's such a it's such a big tool, especially for what I'm doing. Yeah. That that's how I built the audience. I built the audience because. You're right, and I love SiriusXM, and I'm I'm so happy that they gave me the platform that they have. But they don't. You're right; they're not advertised. They're advertising Howard and the NFL. So that's how I can advertise the show and let yeah. people know about it is is through social media. No doubt, no doubt. Got to have it. So what do you got planned for uh, your big tenth anniversary yeah. next year? I'm glad you said that. We're gonna have, you know, we're just putting the plans together now, but. Um, the weekend of WrestleMania, we're going to do a 10th anniversary special. I hope that you're, you're going to be able to be a part of it. We really want to do something that's big for the Busted Open Nation and, and really celebrate 10 years of, of this. And, and I can't wait. And, you know, I'm very lucky, like, being a part of this cruise, what we, we, we do at SummerSlam, what we do at WrestleMania. And I there's nothing better than doing this show in front of a live audience where you can really see the fans yeah. and... and uh, we're, believe me, we're going to have something huge planned cool. uh, for our 10-year 10, 10 anniversary. I'll be happy to help any way I can. I appreciate that. Uh, I, I love working with you guys. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to uh, hopefully 
get a need a tag for one of my own shows. So you know, I always call on you. I won't wait till the last minute, but I want to make sure everybody's schedule is, con is uh, compatible. Because you know, I, you being in the MC for my show, Lawler doing the Q and A's with us and having some fun talking about the Attitude Era, is uh, be a lot of fun. I think. Listen, uh, you know, d doing this show a couple weeks ago. You know, I'm doing the show with Tommy Dreamer, and I, w I looked on Facebook, and Bob Roop was on Facebook, and I'm like, Bob Roop's on Facebook, like, oh my gosh, this is, and I and I just did a show themed about Bob Roop. I called it Bob Roop Appreciation Day, and people were calling in with their memories of Bob Roop, and yeah. and and Bob Roop called in five minutes after the show went oh. off the air. We just missed, and I was like, you know, but but to be able, you know, Jr. to be able to do shows like that to be able to have you on which again you're you're the greatest voice in the history of pro wrestling you know to be able to talk to you and do this show i mean I, at the end of the day i'm just a fan you know that's, i'm uh, that's it, it. Uh, me too I mean, and that's why i still uh i i somebody was comparing me to mick foley the other day saying that god jay are your schedules insane is, is as insane as mix he said i know both you guys don't need the money so I don't know anything about mixed financial situation, uh, but I don't. Every job is not about the exact uh, dollar. It's about the money. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm not. Then we come do my show for free. No, I won't do it for free. Uh, but point being is, it's not only about the money. It used to be, to be honest with you, but now it's about getting out of the house, seeing my friends like you, going to cruise, seeing hello to your lovely wife, seeing the fans this morning. All these honeymooners, and here's the thing: my greatest work probably with some of these honeymooners, they weren't even alive, and now they're they're quoting my my my, my, my catchphrases. It's great. It's amazing, isn't it? It's it's it, television. It is. Television. Uh, you got a good crew there. Alex is a, does a good job. Like Raphael, keeps, keeps yep. me in the road and out and out of the ditch, focused and organized. I, he must be pulling his hair out right now because he's probably been texting me and wondering why the hell I'm not picking up the phone. Um, but uh, just so he knows, if he listens back to this, it's because we have no, no Wi-Fi on the boat. The only negative comment I've heard, no Wi-Fi. <laughs> hey, and here's the thing. It's not just young, the young uh, defiant uh, males on this cruise. There's a lot of those with black T-shirts and a lot of tats. Yes. Uh, and I... I, I, I'm just thinking that, uh, you know, they're, they're as upset as we are about not having any Wi-Fi. But then I thought, well, the older people, you know, the older moms, dads, things like that, they'll be all right. They're just as crazy. Yeah. Women and men just beside themselves, they can't communicate to home. It's our society now. Yeah, it is, man. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. Uh, earlier, I, I ventured into a sort of a topic about uh, women headlining WrestleMania. And I think that, as I said, I, I had a couple of old timers, you know, saddle up to you next to you, you know, whisper so they don't get offended, offend anybody. Because nobody wants to speak what they believe because most of them don't have very good communication skills. And they probably, and they might throw themselves under the bus. But he said, uh, you think, uh, you know, somebody's going to, some woman's going to, some broad, some broad's going to headline WrestleMania. I said, absolutely. Oh, my God. What's our business come to? <laughs> It's pretty, pretty good. It seems like they're doing all right. So I don't think that's that far off to you. No, I, I, as a matter of fact, I wouldn't be surprised if the main event, unless, and, and 
unless it's uh, the Undertaker's last match or The Rock comes back, I do think that the the main event for WrestleMania is going to be a women's match. I could see Charlotte, uh, Ronda Rousey. Who knows? Becky Becky Lynch right now and Ronda Rousey could be a main event. The best thing going on in the WWE on the main roster is the women's division. Yep. And I think Becky Lynch is the hottest wrestler in the WWE right now. She gets it. I got a text message from her on this cruise. After I congratulated her on her match, uh, last woman standing match. And those are hard to call, hard to broadcast, because there are no false finishes other than the count. Mm-hmm. So nobody's going for a cover. It's all the 10 count. Yep. So now you get that 10 layout, and it, it affects your rhythm, and it affects the flow of the narrative of the match. Very challenging. Uh, but I congratulated her on that, and she said, it was the most fun time I've ever had in a wrestling ring, ever. So that that now she's got a new favorite match of all time. Uh, and just as I said last week on the show, I figured that Trish and, and Lita would kick off the show. They did. And that Ronda Rousey caused investment, name identity, and Fox loves her, by the way, uh, was going to close the show. Uh, I thought that little angle with, with Ronda, because you got to be so careful how much heat you get on her. Because you go overboard on the heat side, it's almost like, okay, that's enough. It's not go-away heat. Yeah. Because Rousey should be registering, 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 and not die-selling. And thus far, she hasn't sold, like in a, you know, the Ricky Morton death march. No. <laughs> <laughs> no better no better seller than Ricky Morton, by the way. You know, I had Ricky Steamboat uh, on the show, recorded him in this very room where you're sitting, and uh, I told him that story about uh, Omega and Okada, you know, the... Have you ever seen anything like this in your whole life? I said, well, I think I have. <laughs> and, you know, here's, then you talk to guys like that, and they can't believe it's like I'm being blasphemous to, to New Japan. And and I don't get that either. No, there is they, they have the diehard allegiance to oh, New buddy. Japan right now. They got some so- serious fans. I get my ass thrown on the bus every time I do a show, a live show, because I've mispronounced somebody's name. I got yo and show confused. <laughs> I And I'm going to interview Marty Skrull later. And uh, I've I butchered his name so damn many times, I've made a joke about it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fine. I mean, I, that's to me, that's the part of of sport. You know, you look at the broadcasters and NFL games. They don't get everything right 100% of the time. That's that's what's great about sports. It's it's in the moment. It's, 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 it's spontaneity. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Oh, I agree. I agree. What else is on the agenda here? Ring of Honor got a lot of exposure on his trip. Yes. It's on the TV right now here in my room. Uh, they're nonstop, 24 hours a day. Uh, their own channel on yeah, the, on the cruise ship. Cool. Yep, and 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 obviously all the Ring of Honor stars that we've seen wrestle uh, the last few days on the cruise as well. They have some special talent, and and again that show with New Japan selling out Madison Square Garden again. You know, in wrestling, things happen so fast, and it's almost like WrestleMania happens. Well, what's going to happen on Raw the next day? Mm-hmm. So it, we don't really get to really just, like, absorb and comprehend what's going on. Ring of Honor and New Japan are, 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 are going to be at Madison Square Garden. Like, that's that's the flagship of the WWE, for crying out loud. That's the building that Bruno built. You know, that's where Bruno and Backlund and Hogan would defend their titles. You know, and... Wrestling outside of the WWE has sold out Madison Square Garden. I mean, if that's not telling about what's going on in 2018, there's nothing else. 
no better time to be a fan. I yep. don't think there's any, no better time to be a, a, in a wrestling business. You know, Jerry and I, Lawler and I were talking the other day. We're going to be doing a show in December in Cleveland, uh, the day before the Browns host Carolina, which we're going to go to the gang. You know, I'm going to see my boy Becker Mayfield play. But we're doing a little comedy show there at uh, Hilarities. Hilarities.com, kids, if you want tickets. It's a lot of fun. And the, and the VIP starts at 2 o'clock, and the uh, uh, show starts at 4. So you can check it out if you want to. I'd love to see you there. Uh, Baker may even drop by. You never know. I invited him. Hey, he, he, little son of a gun, he's that kind of kid that would do that. Uh, but we're doing some, uh, doing a lot of neat projects. And for guys in my stage of life, because I'm kind of, I can be kind of cantankerous, and I also don't, I know what I want to do, and I know what I'm not going to do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's misinterpreted as being obstinate, and I'm not. I just know what doesn't. I know what works and what doesn't work for me. I should know at sixty-six. What do you think? At yeah, at, 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 you know, <laughs> but also of what you've done. You know, you should have the right to be able to do that as well. So I think that's very special for sure. Um, so uh, WrestleMania, we'll uh, hopefully be doing something together at WrestleMania. Uh, I want to help celebrate the tenth uh, anniversary of Bust Open Radio. That'd be a fun project for me to be involved in. Uh, I'll do a stage show. We may do a JR and a King show there. We're talking about that. A lot of options. But, uh, you know, you kind of got to see a lay of the land so you can kind of stay away from some of the, the big mainstream items. That's why I've gone to matinees. You stay away from the Hall yeah, of Fame. Yeah, you have to. It's hard. Yeah. It's difficult. That, now, is, is the event at Madison Square Garden with, with uh, ROH and New Japan run at the same time as the NXT TakeOver? It's sure. Yep. It is. Wow. They're going head to head, and you know, obviously, both are going to be sold out. So you have to make a choice of which one you want to go oh, to. Isn't that amazing, sold out, both yep. of them. Everything's selling out. You know, your your one man shows sell out. Uh, All In sold out. The, the Jericho Cruise sold out. It's crazy I time. Did, I did hear regarding All In. I'm glad you brought that up. That it looks like they're going to do another one in May. So that's the word on the street, Dave. Okay. <laughs> So you, you got to say you broke the story because it may not be true. Yeah. Bury me. I don't care. Uh, but I think it's going to be in May. They should do it again. It would be interesting to see where they do it if they still do it in, in Chicago. Two questions. I heard Vegas. Mm. Don't know. That could be all BS. It could be back in Chicago. Heck, I don't know. If I wouldn't I, do it on the West Coast just because you're alienating your East Coast fans. Chicago is a central area, so every it's oh, easy access for everybody. I got yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, that's hearsay. Cody Rhodes lost the NWA title in Nashville. I tried to watch the show, and I'm a big proponent of the Fight app. I helped launch it uh, back in the day uh, with the, some uh, marketing stuff. I was a little surprised that he lost. Not angry that he lost, because I think Nick Aldis is a good hand. Yes. But uh, I guess there were some issues about Cody's unwillingness to re-sign with Ring of Honor. that, And so when I, when I heard that, I said, well, what else would they have done? I don't want somebody that's not going to be with me, that I can't book anymore, having my title. Yeah. I mean, you can't get into Look what just happened with Impact Wrestling. And uh, Austin Aries, his contract was up, and uh, he laid down and, and got right back up after the three count and no sold to finish and, and gave a finger on his way out. You, you, you want to try to avoid those type of situations. Yeah. I, I can understand. I don't know the story behind this, so I'm not going to. But on the surface, probably wouldn't have been something I would have done. The finger was what it was. But there's so many people, you know, people might have thought he was having a stone cold moment. 
Maybe. Maybe you didn't feel as, but I thought it was awkward. And I just didn't feel good for the other boys in the business. Uh, but again, I don't know the whole story. And maybe, maybe it was warranted. I find it challenging to believe that that was warranted. But you made, so what, your thoughts on it are? Yeah, I just, I just think, you know, and you would be able to talk about it differently that when it comes to that time, because now what do you do with, with John Morrison, you know, Johnny Nitro, he, you know, he knows sold to finish. Now he's your champion. Now you got to sell your champion. It, it, it makes it awkward, awkward. And like you said, very, very difficult to do that yeah. when he just won the championship and, and, you know, the person he won it from, you know, completely no sold, you know, and had, it's, it's, it makes it difficult to move forward. I, and again, I don't know the whole story either. And maybe, and maybe we'll find out the story. Maybe Austin Aries maybe even comes on your show or, or, or busts it open and explains what exactly happened. But there is professionalism, and, and I think that you have to be a certain way on your way out, regardless of what went on behind the scenes. And are we 100% certain it's not an angle? It, it, anything is In pro wrestling, anything is possible. So, And again, we don't know it, and I'm not judging Austin Aries. I've never gone on the air and said anything bad about Austin Aries. Yeah. Well, he's a good worker. And, and I'm just judging from yeah. the situation. Yeah, and it, it could be. And, as, and like you said, with Cody – you probably have to go that route. And Nick Aldis has been a great champion. Nick Aldis was a wonderful champion. You know, when they've been building this brand and the 10-pound, the gold series that they've had on YouTube, Nick Aldis was your champion for most of that, and he's done a phenomenal job. He's not Cody. I mean, Cody takes it to another level. There's no doubt about it. That's why, like you, I was surprised. But Nick Aldis is is a damn good wrestler and a damn good champion. When I heard the old Paul Harvey, the rest of the story, that Cody's not going to resign with Ring of Honor, uh, whoever I was talking to, maybe Barry Bloom or somebody, super agent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, uh, you know, I said I don't, I don't, I don't know uh, what the story is, but if he was my champion and he was leaving, what is hard to figure out? You're going to take the belt off yep. of him. You have to. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a brain surgery here. It's just common sense. You want to control your title, above all things, control your title. So I'm anxious to see, you know, I'm a full believer with all these guys' contracts coming up. I've said this months ago, months and months ago, the right after the garden thing sold out for those guys, I was, I let it lay a week. Mm-hmm. Didn't want to, you know, pee in the Cheerios, but this ain't going to be no happy fun and games day. It's going to be a lot of cooks in the kitchen. Who's going on first? Who's going on second? What's the first tag match on the show? What's the last tag match on the show? What gimmick are you doing? Are you using a chair? Are you using a table? Are you getting juice? So it's a it's a it's a cluster. And that garden show could look completely different come big, April than what we think it's going to be because you may not have Cody, you may not have Marty, you may not you know may not you may not have the Young Bucks. Right. So um, I'm sure if a lot of fans knew that before they bought their ticket, who knows if they would even be able to sell out that show going up against NXT? Hard to say. It's hard to say. Well, listen. Uh, thanks again for coming by. Congratulations on a soon-to-be a 10-year anniversary. Thank you. On a game-changing broadcast that has helped change the business that we love. And, folks, you guys should – I know I have a lot of listeners over overseas, as they say. I'm looking overseas right now. It's probably not a good analogy. But they can – your show is easy to listen to, whether you live in England or Arkansas, right? Yep. It's a, we do it for the fans. So if you're a fan of pro wrestling, there's going to be and, – and, again – I can't take all the credit. Having great guests like you that come on and, and Mark Henry and, and Bully Ray and Tommy Dreamer, it's 
It's it's it's a layup. I'm sure Mark Henry had a good time after the Sooners lost to the Longhorns, 48 to 45. Oh, within the last, you know the last 16 seconds. Wish I had a dollar for every time I heard Hook'em. Oh yeah. <laughs> See, but in Oklahoma, we have, you turn that around, we call it Book'em. <laughs> Some of them go to jail, call it Book'em horns. <laughs> he say, he say, I know where you got that. That Jr. told you that, didn't he? <laughs> I'll have to say that to him yeah. next time. He Book them horns. Uh, so, well, thanks, man. I appreciate you coming by. Uh, Bust Open is on Monday through Friday, ladies and gentlemen, at 9 o'clock Eastern time, all morning, 9 to noon Eastern. I catch it around 8 o'clock in the morning where I live in Oklahoma, and it uh, takes me up to 11. I like it. And the replay is right is immediately following. Yep. And that's another one. Don't forget about that because if you say, oh, I've missed it today. Well, you might not have missed it. Probably all right. So, uh, you can listen anytime you want on the SiriusXM app on demand. Yeah, I love that. Sirius is a great thing. Great thing. I I love it. Man, you're on the road. You can find a ball game you want to hear yep. or something. You know, I love Howard. Who doesn't love Howard? For God's sake, he's sakes? the best. Nobody's ever going to touch him. Nobody. He's the best there all ever was, ever will be. He got his. He got over, brother. As they said, <laughs> Hogan. He got over, brother. <laughs> and he made his own. He created his own island. It's, this thing is about Howard. Yeah. I mean, I know SiriusXM is a big outfit, a lot of money, and rightfully so. It's a great, great entity. But Howard Stern is somewhere in the foundation of that whole goddamn building. When he signed on, I was like, that's job security right there. <laughs> that was because I, every day I go to work, I was waiting for a piece of loose leaf paper on the door saying, you know, we've closed our doors. <laughs> uh, but when he signed on, that was job security. Yeah, he's, he's classic. So, great outfit. Check him out, folks. Uh, and Bubba does, a, or Bully and Bubba, all his personalities do a great job. Mark Henry's doing well. They've both got different styles in it. Tommy Dreamer floats through every now and yep. then. Uh, Whenever I, there's a, a bad weather or hurricane or, uh, you know, 12 inches of snow, we bring Tommy in. Or free donuts. Oh, oh, don't get me started about it. He'll lead on the air. He's God bless him. I've heard him eating pretzels on the of air. Of course he does. <laughs> That's not what Marconi had in mind, big boy. <laughs> and Bubba's uh, fat jokes to Tommy. I know they Priceless. love each other. Oh, they're great. Priceless. And 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 and, and I'll tell you, uh, Bully's doing a better via letter. That he's, he's he's improving that too. Yeah, he's getting better getting and better. better. Yeah. Getting better and getting better. better. I'm sure my wife appreciates that. <laughs> hey, via letter someday you may have your own shirt, your own T-shirt. Listen again, thanks a lot, man, and uh, I'm always here for you if you need anything. Thank you. It's been an honor. It really is. Thank you. Always a pleasure to chat with Dave LaGreca, Sirius XM Channel 93, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern Time. Check them out. And don't forget, we'll have Marty Skrull. Uh, I did it again. I got it right. So happy. Marty Skrull will be joining us later in this program, ladies and gentlemen. But right now... We have a very eclectic uh, list of candidates for Slavonarker of the Week. I mean, they're all over the place here. First of all, I saw a great movie this week. It's going to make my list. not going to be the winner. Uh, Queen, biopic, amazing. Bohemian Rhapsody. It's uh, some good stuff. And, uh, you know, that Freddie Mercury was a hell of an entertainer. You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying? Uh, but anyway, it was, it was great. I, I was always a fan of Queen and uh, the lifestyle that Freddie Mercury led was very compelling, very complex, uh, and the movie's excellent. So if you like documentaries, you like music, 
you like the you know the queen there's a million reasons to to enjoy this film uh i'd suggest you check it out and i think you'll like it also a candidate for slavonark of the week both kurt angle and drew mcintyre had a hell of a match folks they 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 threw it down on monday night raw uh good story i like the way kurt is being positioned you know uh and it's not automatic wins He's, he's in a battle he's trying to regain where he was those stories need to be told. Uh, Drew McIntyre is destined for greatness. If he can stay healthy, knock on wood, as I'm doing right now. Uh, big-time player. Uh, also, uh, Daniel Cromier, big-time wrestling fan, was a Mid-South wrestling fan when he grew up in Louisiana. Uh, he retained the USC heavyweight title over uh, Derek Lewis on Sunday at USC 230. So uh, D.C. holds both the light of the heavyweight and the light heavyweight titles. And he just recently called out uh, – newly minted universal champ brock lesnar uh so uh, that's gonna be interesting that could be a big money fight you know obviously right lesnar and dc i don't know that brock can beat dc i don't know that he can not sure because uh takedown ability and and dc's improved punching ability he's a weathered veteran man uh, the biggest challenge for uh, dc would be someday just to make light heavyweight the weight limit again that weight cup could be hazardous to your health. But a great job, and congratulations to D.C. I also heard D.C. is uh, interested in maybe getting into wrestling commentary. It's a great profession, man. Nothing like it. And you do well at it, D.C., so uh, even though you're an Oklahoma State Aggie, go Sooners. And finally, the Slobber Knock of the Week goes to my friend Chris Jericho for hosting a flawless, fun cruise, uh, a, a real trailblazing event without question. Uh, and of course the entrepreneur continues his efforts and, you know, at the cruise, I'm sure there'll be another cruise. If you sell one out, why wouldn't you want to do another one? He does want to do another one and it will be done. And if I'm invited, I will be there that much fun and loved it. Uh, he's going to be on the Russell kingdom card against Nido, uh, in January, early January in Tokyo. And of course, when uh, Chris being the front man of Fozzie, uh, man, he's, he's got a strong presence. He's hard to take your eyes off of, uh, much like uh, Led Zeppelin's Robert Plant. He's he is the straw that serves that that uh, very amazing uh, drink. And uh, I tell you, have you heard the song Judas? Uh, it's become my favorite. And seeing and hearing it live, wow, amazing. So I just want to thank you for inviting me on your cruise. I had a great time. Saw so many old friends. Uh, met wonderful fans i enjoyed meeting chris's uh, mom and dad i met him before but it's always good to see him again and uh chris's mom was just dancing up a storm while this concert was going on it was great it was great and uh, chris's wife uh jess was wonderful as always and she had some uh great friends with her that i enjoyed meeting as well chris's kids it was just a great great time great time hope you'll go on it next time if you get the opportunity but to, for all his hard work, his entrepreneurial abilities, the fact that he's in a, a main event at Wrestle Kingdom, Chris Jericho is our slobber knocker of the week. Apparently they have a pet raccoon that got into their mess. Oh, son of a bitch! Well, it's Pet Coon Goofy Award time, folks. Pet Coon Goofy Award time right here on the Jim Ross Report on the Mighty Westwood One. One of our most popular features, as a matter of fact, because I think we all enjoy uh, others calling out people that make an ass of themselves. This is the nature of the beast, right? And speaking of asses, 
Alec Baldwin got his ass in trouble again in New York City, allegedly punching a driver in the face over a parking spot dispute. boy, Alec. It was another temper-fueled incident, a tantrum involving Baldwin, who the New York Post paid six as nickname years ago, the Bolivator. I guess Alec's a tough guy. I don't know. He's, he'll fight to drop a parking spot. Boy, the, these guys are routing and running for the Pet Coon Goofy Award this week. Uh, MLB, that's Major League Baseball, and their writers for not uh, naming Boston Red Sox J.D. Martinez as one of their three AL MVP finalists. Partly because, many speculate, uh, his teammate Mookie Betts, also deserving, by the way, was one of the three selected candidates. So free agent pickup Martinez only hit 330, slugged 43 home runs, had 130 runs batted in, but he didn't make the list. Not good, MLB and your writers. I see where Detroit Lions head coach Matt Patricia, that's a good name, right? Uh, patronizing a writer in a press conference last week for the writer's posture while asking a question of Mr. Coach HBC Matt Patricia. Well, uh, the Detroit newspaper had a funny headline after the Lions lost to division rival the Minnesota Vikings. That was last weekend. The, the headline read, Bad Posture. That's the headline, Bad Posture, with a photo of Lions offensive player being devoured by the uh, Vikings' defense. Coach Patricia's got a lot more to worry about than a rider's posture. He needs to learn to vent uh, in a little different manner. Uh, and the winner of the Pet Coon Goofy Award, to me, no-brainer. Good call. Pete Davidson, Saturday Night Live, during First Impressions piece uh, in the Weekend Update segment, said Texas Republican congressional candidate Dan Crenshaw looked like a hitman from a porno. Also saying, I'm sorry, I know he lost his eye in war or whatever. <laughs> Crenshaw, a Navy SEAL, lost his right eye in 2012, folks, uh, in an IED explosion during a mission in Afghanistan on his third deployment. Crenshaw got the last laugh, though, did he not? He won the election on Tuesday night. And so many of us that... We're following this saga of ridiculousness. Can now say to Pete Davidson, kiss our ass. So SNL's Pete Davidson is our Pet Coon Goofy Award winner of the week. Because you are one lousy son of a bitch. Oh, no. Still to come here on the program, my conversation from my suite aboard the uh, Jericho Cruise with Marty Skrull villain really a great talent and uh we have we had one of our we have one of the more enlightening conversations that i've had with a talent in quite a while as from a wrestling standpoint marty just really really uh out he's just really honest and he he didn't dodge any question and i i didn't throw softballs so it was it's good so still to come so stay with us for that uh this week in wrestling 
Well, we'll get through these. Uh, I like this segment because it brings back a lot of memories, enough for you as well. Uh, 33 years ago, uh, at Rosemont Horizon, I'll call the Allstate Arena in Chicago, Rosemont, Illinois, more specifically. It was the Wrestling Classic, the first ever WWF nationally televised pay-per-view. And the way you get somebody over, you haven't won the tournament. You haven't beat somebody big in the finals. Junkyard Dog defeated Randy Savage in the 16-man one-night tournament uh, that included a recent guest, Ricky Steamboat, uh, the Iron Sheik, Terry Funk. Ross, you bastard. When you say my name, you fat son of a bitch. Uh, Paul Orndorff, hope he gets well. He's been feeling poorly. Uh, but a great card. And, of course, uh, the undercard. It says here the undercard, but really we know that Hogan versus Piper for the heavyweight title was likely the main event. But while that on the road to that main event, uh, the fans got to see the Junkyard Dog be made 33 years ago, 1985. And uh, moving on to Denver, 25 years ago, McNichols Sports Arena, it was USC 1. I remember that very vividly, watching that with my late wife, Jan. We had only been married a month. I was so intrigued by MMA uh, in 93 and beyond and, and before. Uh, but in any event, no weight classes, no timeouts, no judges, only two rules, no biting, no eye gouging. And so uh, future USC Hall of Famer and eventual WWE uh, Intercontinental Champion, probably WWF to be technical, uh, the world's most dangerous man, Ken Shamrock, lost in the semifinal to eventual champion, Hoist Gracie. Uh, Gracie won the tournament. Uh, so by submission, uh, that was, I remember it very well. It was a very kind of rough course production, but it was fun to watch. Uh, it, w- it wasn't slick, but it was real, organically real. Just like, uh, the date was November 9th, 1997, Molson Center, Montreal, WWF Survivor Series. You know what people forget about on that card? We remember the Montreal screw job. God, how could we ever forget that? Uh, but I remember Austin won the uh, Intercontinental title, beating Owen Hart. I thought they had a real good match. Kane defeated Mankind. Uh, you know, it was just a, a lot of other good stuff on that card, in, in, including the controversy. I get, I get asked this question at Q&A. like, did you know, me and King, uh, did you and King know that uh, – what was going down? Hell no. We didn't know what was going down. Why would we want to know that? What what purpose would it have served other than, than to lead us somewhere we didn't need to go? Let it be real. Let it happen before your very eyes and then organically react to it as you would. And that's what we did. 13 years ago, Banker's Life Fieldhouse, Indianapolis, Indiana. Hey, if you ever go to Indianapolis, uh, that, uh, what's that place called that's got the great uh, uh, Elmo's? The best shrimp cocktail in the world. Elmo's, Indianapolis. Uh, we were there in 05, and this was a tough one, boy. This was, uh, it ended up uh, being the last match for Eddie Guerrero, uh, and he defeated Mr. Kennedy by disqualification. Uh, he, he, he convinced the official that Kennedy hit Eddie in the head with a chair. Lot cheating steel. What a, what a classic guy he was. Classic guy. Uh, that was his last uh, match because five days later, after Eddie had his last match, 
he was found uh, dead of heart failure in his hotel room by his nephew Chavo. Uh, it was sad. Eddie turned his life around. He was arguably, uh, there were stretches there. He, nobody was better than Eddie Guerrero in the ring, quite frankly. He forgot he was 5'8 or 5'9. He was uh, he's extraordinary. Look at his passion. It's real. It's not manufactured. He's not playing the role. He's, he was a little gladiator and proud of it. And he, every step he took, you knew that's how he felt in real life about himself. That's what you got to be. You got to be real to some degree if you want to be a great star. You got to figure out what is my m- most genuine, real me and ride that son of a bitch till it breaks down. And then nine years ago, this, uh, this is really good. I'm glad we, this came across my desk. Nine years ago in 2009, in the new sumo hall in Tokyo, uh, it was uh, New Japan's destruction in 2009. And get this, Tajiri defeated Kazuchika Okada nine years ago. Tajiri. He's just not another handsome face, folks. Google it. See what I'm telling you. But he beat the, the, young, uh, the young stud, uh, Kazuchika Okada, who's celebrating a birthday imminently. We'll talk about that soon. Uh, the, uh, also on that card, uh, the Dudleys, Devon and, and uh, Bubba Ray, they defeated Bad Intentions, who were Chaos members Carl Anderson and Matt Bloom. Carl Anderson is uh, still wrestling in the WWE now, and, of course, Matt Bloom is the head coach down at the Performance Center and one of my signees back in the day. They, uh, they, uh, they retained the IWGP Tag Team titles. And in the main event, if you're wondering, on that, that event nine years ago, great card. Uh, the match I just named, or that tag match could have been a main event, obviously. But the advertised main event was Shinsuke Nakamura defeating Hiroshi Tanahashi to retain the IWGP World Heavyweight title. But the one thing to point out here on how this card was booked is that it wasn't. It was a big show, but because the timing wasn't quite right, you didn't see mass title changes. You didn't see new tag champions. The Dudleys retained you didn't see a new heavyweight champion. Shinsuke Nakamura retained. So just because you have a big show doesn't mean that the incumbent can't continue to win. It's all a matter of presentation. We saw that. Uh, was, we've been seeing that with AJ Styles. Hat off to WWE for continuing to let AJ win by finishes and not by, you know, uh, freaky accidents. Well, they say it's your birthday. <laughs> Going to have a good time. Uh, Wednesday, that's today, as I record this. Happy birthday goes out to King Kong Bundy. You're stealing from the man, Bundy. Yeah, Bundy, that's only that. Bundy, you're stealing from the man. Uh, King Kong Bundy is 61. And uh, my good friend, broadcast colleague, uh, the guy that I broadcast the first class of champions with, Tony Schiavone, is a very young 61. And Tony, of course, uh, works for the Georgia Bulldogs, the broadcast uh, presentation. He's a producer. Uh, and, uh, boy, if they ever need a, a voice, he's the guy. But Tony and I did the first class together. That was an experiment that was created by Dusty Rhodes, uh, blessed by Jimmy Crockett, because Tony and I both were play-by-play guys. 
And all it does is tells you, solidifies how you become a good broadcaster, or at least in my opinion. You listen to your partner, you connect the dots, you don't make it about yourself, and your one goal is always and should always be getting talent over. Pretty simple, right? But sometimes that's not the case. I watched a match the other night where there's some great things going on. I just uh, and there's so much backstory, and I know the announcers in WWE especially are are uh, encouraged to do more backstory and not actual narrative uh, in real time. And if that works for you, then cool. It's not a mortal sin, but I just think that sometimes as a fan and you're watching television, you're hearing one story, you're hearing one thing from audio and you're seeing another. I think that when you can actually fit and connect the audio and the video, you have a more memorable presentation. So happy birthday, Tony. Anthony Noah Schiavone, James Madison University, 61 years old. On Thursday, what a great gentleman Ilio DePaulo was. He's in Buffalo, New York, great uh, star, big powerhouse of an Italian guy. Has a great restaurant there, DePaulo's Restaurant in Buffalo. I, I try to go there every time I'm in the area. Mr. DePaulo would have been 92. And, and uh, what, a, what a wonderful human being. Uh, One-third of the legacy frax, uh, faction, Ted DiBiase Jr. is 36. God almighty, 36. I remember when he was, there was no Ted Juniors. Four-time IWGP heavyweight champion, the great Kazuchika Okada, my friend, my tequila-drinking friend. He drinks it once or twice a year, as do I. I drink other things, but I don't know who he does. 31 years old, man. He's He's special. I would hope that uh, he'll – let's put it this way. He'll never have a problem staying booked. On Friday, the uh, birthday wishes go out to former referee Nick Patrick, son of uh, Joe Hamilton, one of the great assassins, with Tom Renesto, my favorite tag team. Uh, Nick, good, good, did a good official, does a good job, or did a good job. Hope he's well and his dad. Our main man – the Slaver Knocker of the Week, celebrating a birthday on Friday. Chris Jericho will be 48. That means he'll be 48 when he wrestles uh, Nido at Wrestle Kingdom. Pretty damn good accomplishment. Uh, at I am Jericho. Tweet him. Tell him, JR said your birthday was Friday, so I just wanted to wish you congratulations, you 48-year-old little bastard. <laughs> Boy, he's a good guy. Good guy. And a uh, real talented 25-year-old. The current WWE UK champion, Pete Dunne. I like his game a lot. I like his game a lot. On Saturday, Cowboy Bob Orton, Randy's dad, he's 68. Uh, Bill DeMott, uh, the world's biggest fullback, be 52. If I had a football team, DeMott is going to be fullbacking in the red zone, running over and through people. Two-time TNA knockouts champion, Katie Lee Burchill, 38. Former WWE Intercontinental Champion Ryback, 37. And the youngest member of the storied Von Erich family, the son of Kevin, Marshall Von Erich, 26 years young. Man, oh man. Uh, on Sunday, Olympic Silver Medalist Matt Gaffari, 57. He had a couple, couple of cuts of coffee in the pro business. Uh, 11-time WWE Tag Champion Billy Gunn, 55, and he looks 35, son of a gun. 
boy, he's a he's a freak of nature. Uh, you know, he's just solid as a rock. Uh, Impact Wrestling is Eli Drake, talented talker, no doubt about that. Like his game. Eli's 36 on Sunday. Uh, former SmackDown Diva, Crystal Marshall, 35. She probably looks 20, 25. And former Maryland Championship Wrestling Tag Team champ for my buddy Danny McDevitt, Leo Rush, 24. Get you some, Leo. You got a great upside, buddy. Great upside. But I'm like a lot of people. I mentioned here first. Wasn't trying to pick on you because I think you got a great upside and you're going to be a star. I don't need to hear you doing rhetoric throughout the entire match because you got three other announcers over there that can't stand to lay out and let you talk. And then it's then you got a situation where they can't tell their stories, they can't get all their business done if you are talking. So that's my take on that deal. But I like his game. He's got a shot, man. He's got a shot. And I would have said five years ago, I said, well, do managers have a shot? Uh, in WWE, I, probably, I would have said probably not. Leo's uh, proved me wrong. I'm glad that he is. On Monday, former Canadian promoter, the legendary Frank Tunney, would have been 106. Hall of Fame boxing referee, Judge Mills Lane. Let's get it on. Let's get it on. I love that guy. 81 years old. Former WWE Diva Search contestant, Lena Yada, will be 40 on Monday. I, I did a Google search. She's a very beautiful woman. I remember she was Asian. Just lovely, lovely, lovely. And I read, she's married and happy and all good. So good for her. Happy birthday, Lena. Uh, and former OVW heavyweight champion, the late Matt Capitelli. Went 39 on Monday. What a great spirit he had. I, he's the kind of guy that spirit will always be there. He's something special about that kid. I knew it the first time I looked in his eyes at the uh, Tough Enough competition. I just thought he had so much potential and passion and love. He's so easy to like. Then when you want to make him a heel at the right place, right time, he'd be another uh, Brian Pillman-like character. They resembled each other some, in some ways to me. I'll always miss Matt. And on Tuesday, seven-time IWGP heavyweight champion Hiroshi Tanahashi, the ace, who will challenge Kenny Omega in the show-closing main event at Russell Kingdom. Hiroshi's going to be 42 on Tuesday. And current assistant head coach at NXT, who does a phenomenal job. Sarah Del Rey will be 38. I don't know that the women's division would have advanced to the level that it has without Sarah Del Rey. Just be honest with you. And not to say that it's a one-person team. It isn't. It takes a team effort to, make, to build a team. It takes a lot of people pulling the same direction. But, boy, she's just such a great coach, mentor. Uh, really, I'm really happy that WWE has her. She's a, she's a keeper, as they say. So happy birthday, Sarah. And uh, current WWE Raw superstar, Sunil Singh, a whopping 34. And he's another little son of a gun that can, can get under your skin in a good way. So for all, with all that, uh, I hope all you guys have cake, you have ice cream, uh, you, you can cheat on your cards for just a, maybe an hour or two, those of you that partake. And uh, I want to wish you a very happy birthday. Remember, folks, OJR's got the cake. Folks, if you're drowning in IRS tax debt, please get ready to take down a number to take advantage of new IRS tax forgiveness programs that may help you free yourself from the IRS collection agencies. The IRS has recently hired private debt collection agencies 
to start collecting your outstanding taxes. They can already garnish your wages, put liens on your property, and levy your bank account. If you are drowning in IRS tax debt, the people at Civic Tax Relief can protect you from IRS collection agencies. Stop the added fees and the wage garnishments, for God's sakes, and finally break free from the IRS. Call Civic Tax Relief for free information now. Find out about the Fresh Start program that is now available through Civic Tax Relief. Civic Tax Relief Special Tax Hotline can help you discover all the relief programs you qualify for free. Just call 800-375-1173. That's 800-375-1173. Don't wait. The consultation is free. Just call 800-375-1173. You've got mail. Well, it's mailbag time here on the incredible Jim Ross Report. Says Jim Ross. Al Franken. Uh, and thanks for being with us, everybody. Seriously. Remember, you can email uh, producer Ted and myself uh, at the Jim Ross Report at gmail.com with your questions, comments, uh, suggestions. If you want to curse somebody out, address it to Ted. He loves it. Uh, so it's uh, the Jim Ross Report at gmail.com. From Jeff in Michigan. JR, I love the podcast and love Slobberknocker. I can't wait for number two. Same here, buddy. It's going to be a dandy. It's going to be heavy. I recently came across a match between you and Triple H on Raw. Well, that's going to get carried away. Now you describe. I wasn't really in a match. Uh, anyway, 2005, April 18th. Yeah, we sold out the goddamn garden. Full house, turn away. Went on last. And involved you getting color. I remember that. I was reminded of that several times by my late wife in the ensuing weeks to come. My question for you is, whose idea was that? What's creative idea? Jeff, somebody created uh, pitched it to Vince. Vince liked it. And it, the key thing was using the JR character as a vessel to facilitate Dave Batista making the save and causing Triple H to lose to a fat announcer which build up their one-on-one match. But my little bride was not too happy that I was bleeding. I remember that the, the guy says, uh, you need four stitches or five stitches, something like that in my head. And uh, she was so, she was just, I mean, pissed. And so I said, uh, well, was there any other alternative? He said, we can glue it. I'll do that and get out of here. So my cut was glued shut and I went home to silence all the way to Connecticut. I didn't share with her the, the finish. <laughs> uh, from Tom in the Great White North. How did JR and Producer Ted? Oh, Producer Ted got some props. I listen to the podcast every week, both as a fan of wrestling and as a fan of my Oki uncle, Jim Ross. <laughs> Sound life advice is given out every week, and I so enjoy hearing from someone with your life experience and genuine affection for people. Well, you got that right. You described me pretty good there, Tom. Uh, you're not a big fan, Tom says. I'm not a big fan of the champion versus champion matches. Uh, I, I talked about that a little bit earlier. You know, there should be something at stake for uh, the winner of Rousey and Becky. Uh, and again, I don't. I just believe this generation of wrestling fans uh, are used to mostly investing in causes, 
in, in a, especially in, in wrestling specifically. He said, well, a lot of young people voted. Yeah, they did. And that's good. That's smart. But having the, uh, having the bragging rights uh, uh, handle, nah, not so much. But I'll tell you this, there's not a match, uh, Tom, at the Survivor Series, which is coming up soon, that I want to see more than Rowdy and uh, Rowdy Ronda and Becky Lynch. I think it's going to be very special. So, uh, and I don't think their match has anything to do with their WrestleMania matches either, Tom, to clarify that. I would think uh, it'll be Rousey and maybe uh, Charlotte at WrestleMania. Uh, I would I would book Oscar uh, and get her back hot on a roll because she's physical or kicks, uh, and I love the physicality. And that's who Becky would work with at WrestleMania: Becky, Oscar, Charlotte, Ronda. Now, there's a lot of right ways to do wrestling booking. There's a lot of good flavors of ice cream. I just gave you one, one example of booking for that those two women. That's all. It's an opinion. Uh, Joseph Smith says, uh, I drove home from watching Evolution, started to get a ghost pains all over my back and legs. I was envisioning the bumps I saw Charlotte and Becky taking. And my question to you is this. What is the day after like? Well, I don't, I'm sure they're sore as hell. Uh, and WWE has the best medical staff, the best trainers, the best facilities, best equipment, and their top priority is keeping their athletes healthy. What other priority would there be? If you have a thoroughbred ranch, you want your horses to be able to run and treat them good, feed them well, rest them. Did he say rest? Is he advocating an off-season? No. I'm advocating a, a better managed schedule where talents are booked off at specific times, and they're just simply not available. So that's why I think about that deal. So in any event, uh, uh, Joseph, they, they get great treatment. I'm sure massage is involved, maybe ice baths. I don't know. Everybody's got their own way of uh, healing in that respect. From J.J. Newhouse, dear Mr. Jim Ross, I have recently started my wrestling career as a manager. I have huge respect for the boomers of the past. I'm assuming it's referring to us old dudes. And I was hoping that you might be able to give me some ideas for angle spots or finishes for my gimmick. Hmm. Well, here's the deal, J.J. Newhouse. I would try to consume as much of the managerial uh, uh, exposure as possible of the greats. I don't, I don't know what your body type is or what, you, your, what kind of heel you are. Uh, but Jim Cornette, Paul Heyman, Gary Hart, uh, are three guys just popping to my head. JJ Dillon, um, watch their work, watch how they use, watch their psychology. You'll see their, they, they completely and clearly outline who they are from a creative standpoint. So you got to establish some identity. Don't get overwhelmed and know that you're there just like the announcers to get the talent over. It ain't about you. And good luck to you. And that's this week's mailbag, everybody. Hope you'll uh, continue to participate and suggest. You can email me or producer Ted at this address, the Jim Ross Report at gmail.com. You know, we stayed very busy uh, on the cruise of Jericho. Uh, and uh, again, I can't reiterate how much fun I had. It was just great. 
It really, really was great. It was the first cruise I ever went on that uh, I didn't have my wife with me. And it was, I've been on three, and they've all been wrestling-related. I don't know what it would be like to go on a cruise with uh, a, a guest and not have to work. But, boy, I had fun. I had so much fun. And one of the most entertaining and enjoyable opportunities I had was to sit down in my room and record this conversation you're about to hear with Marty Squirrel, the villain. Uh, you know, we talked about the fact that Marty started out as a fan of the old-style uh, UK wrestling. Uh, he, he began training. He was, a, he was a teen. I don't think he even had a driver's license. I will talk about his early age of training. And he gets into his background of training in MMA, which I had never really heard uh, Marty discuss. So we'll hear about that as well, uh, how he developed the villain persona, uh, that he doesn't have to be overly uh, acrobatic to quote-unquote get over, and he's right, he doesn't. So I hope you'll enjoy this conversation from my estate room aboard the cruise of Jericho. It's good old JR and the villain. You know, I have a lot of fun uh, with my own inadequacies of pronouncing Marty Skrull's name. <laughs> I've called him everything but a, a good man, I think, on television. And boy, your fans call me down on it, Marty. I'm glad to see you. Thanks for uh, here on the cruise. Thanks for taking time to sit down and shoot the breeze. Oh, thank you, Jim. Uh, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, I can tell you, you're not the only one. Don't worry. Many, <laughs> many years I've been called uh, everything under the sun. And also people have got my last name wrong. But no, uh, Marty Skrull rhymes with... Uh, Curl or girl, I guess. Girl. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, where did you did you start wrestling in, in England as a teen? Yes, yes. I, I started um, maybe two thousand and three, two thousand and four. So pretty, pretty young in the UK. Yeah. And I, I sort of started first off in uh, an amateur background, um, some shoot shoot fighting, shoot wrestling, and sort of crossed over into a uh, into professional wrestling. Wow, I didn't know your your shoot background. Bit of a shooter, no. Only, only, <laughs> I, only, only training. No real, no real fights, whatnot. No professional fights in that world. No, it was, it was just to get into the. It was just to toughen up my skin to get me ready for the for the professional wrestling world. And it's nice to tell the ladies at a bar. There we go. Yeah, I'm a, I'm an MMA guy. There's no saying about it because my body's a weapon. I don't think they'd be too impressed, to be honest with you, Jim. So where did you, uh, where did you, what part of England did you grow up in? So I grew up in uh, Cambridgeshire. Um, which is maybe an hour or two north of um, London. And yeah, there's at the time, even now, just no wrestling scene whatsoever. So I had to really go out there and explore and really try and find it. Wrestling didn't come to me, that was for sure. I, I had to go out and find it. What were your influences to get you that motivated to want to be in the business? Um, that's a great question. I, From the day I watched it, I just wanted to be a part of it straight away. I... I first watched it when I was such a youngster, maybe five years old. Uh, I think a big thing was growing up, um, my parents separated at a very early age and my, it was my mother that brought me up and it was my auntie, it was my grandmother. And then when I went to you know, school, it was female teachers. So I didn't really have many male role models around me. Um, so I think when I turned on the TV and I saw your Hogan's and I saw your Bret Hart's, it was someone I could look up to and be like, wow, that's a, you know, a, a, a male influence in my life. And I remember uh, I watched wrestling from such an early age that I saw these big men, all big and muscly, that I remember later in life seeing like a normal man, he wasn't big and muscly and being like, what's wrong with him? Because I just assumed that every man was big and muscly because I'd never even seen any other men than the guys I'd seen on TV. So 
Yeah, I'd like. It's, it's almost like most people go through their life and they're brought up by their their parents or you know their dad or the, whatever it is. But I had Bret Hart and Steve Austin and The Rock, kind of the guys I looked up to. So, <laughs> so were you? Did you really? What age were you? Say during the Attitude Era, the late nineties, early two thousand. I would have been. Uh, I was born in eighty eight. So, um, so nineteen ninety eight. I would have been ten years old. Oh, well, yeah. So that that whole that whole year and that whole part of my life very 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 young 10 years old but it was already oh I want to watch South Park I want to watch these horror movies I want to watch the Attitude Era style of wrestling so it was very much that kind of you know that era did you uh, what kind of uh, influence if nothing else historically did uh, World of Sport have in your your awareness that at one time wrestling uh, British wrestling was huge well I actually, uh, as a kid, um, I would have these, these VHSs and we would have a video set, Mick McManus's World of Wrestling, and it would have guys on there like the Steve Grays and, and Marty Jones, Rollerball Roccos. Um, so that was the first wrestling I watched. And then, obviously, the WF became so such a big phenomenon and World of Sport got taken off TV. So pretty much my whole young years of being a fan the British wrestling wasn't a thing. Right. Um, it was only really until I started training to be a wrestler and some of my coaches were from back in that era when I really started to go back and watch it all and uh, learn in that style of wrestling. And that's when I felt, that's when I found a passion for it and thought, wow, this is actually super cool. And even though I loved the, uh, the American stuff, I was always proud to be a British man and, and represent my country. And I, um, kind of became obsessed with that style of wrestling and uh, you know, wanted to incorporate that into what I do today because at the time I thought, wow, what a better way to be different uh, to everyone else than learning a style that no one else does anymore. This is a gift I think someone's given to me um, to be able to go out there and, and do something different. So, um, yeah, I, I watch... That's the stuff that I study all the time. That's the stuff that I enjoy to watch now. Um, so, yeah, it's completely different, uh, obviously, you guys were doing in, in in America at the time, just a complete, pretty much a different sport. Yeah, different presentation altogether. Yes. You're right, and you know it's kind of reminiscent of where we are today with uh, the wrestling business in general. You know, the uh, I watched uh, the matches on the cruise here that we we're on in our concluding hours, uh, and uh, I thought that uh, I saw a little bit of everything. Not one thing dominated other than uh, high spots. Right. A lot of, a lot of iffy things. Mm-hmm. I'm not not big on talents taking massive bumps on the apron. Right. And the reason is is that, you know, you guys are valuable commodities, and we all know nobody can debate the fact that the more bumps you take on the apron, the more you increase your chances of hurting your neck or your shoulder or your back because it's just not built for bumping. Right. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And so things like that concern me, not because I don't like the spot. Yes. I'm concerned about what the spot can do to you or your the guy you're working with. Yes. And so from my previous uh, journeys in WWE, uh, as head of the talent relations department, when you're out, I'm still paying you. Yeah. But you're not able to make earn any money. Yep. And so for your own psyche, now you're seeing all the world keep moving, and they're there's old Marty sitting home with an injury. Yeah. Bad neck. And here goes somebody that's going up the ladder. Now you got to start over. Now the race is already – the race ain't stopping because you're hurt. No, of course not. So And, no. so, and some guys are able to 
masked that. Uh, back in my early days, it was, you know, taking pills and all that, so these poor bastards, because you had a friendly doctor on every corner. Right, yeah. Well, I'd like to, you know, uh, for me personally, I, I'd agree with you. I'm not a big fan of building matches around dangerous high spots. I don't think it's good for the... It's obviously not good for the bodies, but I don't think it's good for the business either because it's a case of trying to top each other. And also, I don't think you're trying to get heat. It's one thing if I, okay, if I power drive a guy in the apron to take him out of the company for a year, that's one thing. But to, one do it, to do it mid-match, to get a, a pop, mm. for me, just, I, I wouldn't get any creative satisfaction out of that. If I can get the same reaction, but just doing something very, very small, even if it's just a look or a, you know, a kick out or whatever it might be um, to really capture the audience's imagination. That for me is much more, uh, more, more satisfaction, more creative satisfaction. So I personally, like, I, I think I've been able to make a name for myself over the years from being, especially in New Japan as a, as a junior heavyweight where the style is, like you said, a lot of high spots, a lot of stuff to the outside, a lot of high flying, I feel like I'm the one guy that kind of is different to that, has a unique style and character. And tr I tried to get the, the most out of my offense. So I'd like to think I can get the same reaction um, from, you know, grabbing a guy's fingers and, and, and breaking them as someone could from getting powerbombed into the guardrail. Exactly. And that, you know, yeah, that's and, what I'd like to think. And it's also, <laughs> well, you know, you're right, Marty. You're right because it's also uh, unique. Everybody doesn't do that. Right. Power driver is not nothing revolutionary about no. a pile driver. Everybody does pile drivers. Unfortunately, by saying that, I'm admitting that maybe we see too many of them. Yeah. It used to be a finish. And it goes back to what you said earlier. If you if your match is only based on the acrobatics and the holy shit moments, shall we say, man, I, I just think that people are taking a very long, grueling route to get to their yeah. destination. So, uh, in any event, I, when I call your matches, I, I like uh, – I like to sell your mat skills mm -hmm. and try to bring in all these phases. You can be a striker. Your kicks could be your thing. Yeah. Uh, the your submissions. I always thought some of your stuff is very debilitating. The finger break. Mm -hmm. Some of the other things you do. And as a as a, a storyteller, and you you writing this, you're singing this music here. You're you're writing music. I got to give you a lyric that's going to be commensurate to your work. And so if you're if you're building a body of work on submissions or things along those lines, I don't give a shit if you ever do a triple somersault, of course, yeah. or hurricane run a you know mama daddy whatever mm -hmm. you know I don't care. Uh, I'm not knocking it for the guys that do it. But I just don't know that. I think it takes away from the basic fundamentals of wrestling. And all those great guys, I've met a lot of those guys you talked about. You know, Roller Bowl, Roller Rocco, Rocco, yeah, uh, Johnny Saint, yeah, of course. Uh, who trained William Regal? Oh, dude, what a wonderful man, too. I'll think of it. But all those old-timers, they came to the first uh, World of Sport TV taping I did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, boy, they had great stories. Marty Jones there? Marty Jones. There we go. Yeah, there you are. Thank you very much. <laughs> you got me this, I got the say there. I had to edit my ignorance. I couldn't remember his name. But they're all they're classic. They're gentlemen. Yes. They, they, they represented an era of the business, Marty. That if you met them outside the ring, more often than not, you, you felt like you encountered somebody special. Yes. And today, that's what every guy, I think, 
is looking for how can I be different? Mm-hmm. How can I be special? Mm-hmm. Now you've done a hell of a job with that with your ring attire. Your your your. Tell me about that. That. Uh, it's cool. I don't, yeah. I, I'm not sure what it um, represents. So you tell right. me, and I'm going to get on the air. Well, it's uh, it's, it's a developing thing, as most is in wrestling. Um, I was going for a point uh, in my wrestling career where I was very much concentrating on the wrestling. But at the time, I was uh, clean shaven, short back in size, just wrestled in trunks and boots, and just uh, I'd have good matches, but not a lot to really capture the imagination of the fans and give them something to, you know gone to um and i actually read um quite big into reading and i read uh the road warriors autobiography um i think it was written by animal but in there he's he's talking about how they developed the legion of doom or the road warriors and how they wanted to stand out and they got the big shoulder pads with the spikes and the, the mohawks and the face paint and all this stuff to to capture the imagination of the fans and i thought wow like what am i doing i'm just short back inside I'm, I'm not the the biggest guy in the fight so i really need to do something to stick out. So that's when I started uh, growing some facial hair, cutting my hair, silly, and, and then just started adding. I was like, okay, how can I how can I get a bit of heat? So I started coming to the ring wearing, it started off at first with a big fur coat, you know, because it was pretty obnoxious, a man coming to the <laughs> ring wearing an expensive looking fur coat. And then I added the umbrella because I was British, wanted to represent that. And then, and uh, yeah, I just kept adding stuff and the fans would, make a big deal out of it that starts getting fan art from the fans and they'd have me all you know drawn with all my props and everything else and uh the mask same thing i just saw it once on an album cover and i thought that's great where like, did that come from dude like i again another uh matt groaning who wrote the simpsons he said uh all great characters could be recognized by their silhouette I thought, you know, it's a really interesting, you, know, you yourself, you could be recognized with the hat uh, and everything yeah. else. And I thought, I need something. So uh, I saw, there's an album cover. I can't even remember the band's name now, but I saw this Plague Doctor mask and I thought, oh, that's really interesting. And, I've, and uh, I wore it as a one-time thing. It wasn't supposed to, you know, be anything more than that. And fans just really caught on to it. Everyone was like, oh, this looks great. And I like the idea of coming to the ring in this kind of armor, um, big production for my entrance let everyone know I'm there like I said I'm not the in stature not the biggest guy um, but that I can come to the ring like I'm going to war I take it off strip it down I'm in my, my boots and trunks and I'm ready to wrestle and I'm ready to fight and I'm ready to win um, so that's my philosophy behind it and uh, it's it's professional wrestling you know it's a, it's a spectacle it's a uh, it's it's a, it's a large and life show so uh, I've got to pull out all the stops very visual business very visual business and the mask is a good part of your uh a presentation, I think. Very good part of the presentation. Thank you. And, and also, you know, uh, you're very animated, and I think that's great. Uh, facials, body English, you know, reaction when you kick out at two and a half, uh, which used to really mean more when everybody didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> everybody kicks out now at the very, very last minute, and they don't understand, God bless them, that at some point in this journey, that ceases to mean anything. Yeah. Because we've seen it and seen it. And seen. How about kicking out at one? Or how about kicking out before he gets a, a good full cover? Yeah. The, the announcers are worth a damn. They can cover that. Mm-hmm. Well, he, he was getting ready to hook the leg or whatever. However, Marty kicked out. Yeah. So. No, I believe in that. I think one of the main issues these days is back when I used to watch, you know, yourself on TV as, as, a, as a youngster, it was – two hours max of raw and uh, a handful of matches and, and you know a lot of 
segments to build up the, the shows and the pay-per-views. This day and age, how many new hours of wrestling is there a week, new content? Oh, yeah. Out 50 hours a week, 60, 70 hours a week? Well, Not real. So there's so much that, you know, it's the style is going to get more and far. It just, yeah, it, it's one of those things. There's so much wrestling. I've seen that before. Uh, back in the late 80s, it seemed like there was a, a plethora of wrestling shows from a variety of promoters. I remember uh, a fellow named Joe Pettisino in Atlanta, I think it was Channel 69 or something like that. Uh, they had a block of wrestling on Saturday nights that was something like, you know, six hours. Oh, wow. Hmm. And they did, that's when the territories were doing one-hour shows. Yeah. So he made a deal with the territories that I'll air your shows in Atlanta on a barter basis. You know, you send me your show, I'll air it. And it gets you on TV, you know, here. It gets your talent over, whatever. So, uh, but i seen it that way. But it, it burned out. It was overexposure. For sure. There's no doubt in my mind that the, the, the companies that are strong with strong infrastructure are going to be the ones that are going to survive in the long haul. And it, what's going to soon become, I think, a very... Uh, a more crowded marketplace. Yeah. When you see the boys making what they're making now and the big money being doled out for uh, rights fees, and, you know, the last time I went to Saudi Arabia, I missed this before, uh, even though it was a controversial booking because of the, their cultures there. Uh, some people are taking exception to that, and I, I certainly understand why. But it was the biggest, one of the biggest paydays I ever got in my in the business, and I've been in the business since the mid-'70s. So, and I, I worked an hour, Marty. That's, I sounds mean, lovely. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. We, we all work to get in this business because we see, we find the allure of having, of being able to earn a good living and to establish a better quality of life. Yes. No matter what, or no matter where you were raised or I was raised, at some point in time, when we get in this crazy business, we know it's competitive. We know it's a little bit wrought with paranoia and insecurities. Oh, without doubt. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> so that's why we, the guys become their own little islands. Yeah. And I say you should be your own island because you're your own company. Yeah. You know, you're a, even if you weren't an independent contractor, you should perceive the creative of what you do as part of your territory. Yeah. Are you able? Do you give a lot of ideas? The, the promoters ask you about uh, what you want to do, or hey, Marty, we need to get this guy over. We we want you to get your hand raised past fifteen. Uh, or and, and how do you give ideas in in New Japan? Because I know they they seem to have a system. I'm not sure what it is. They seem to have a system. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm uh, I'm fortunate in a lot of cases where a lot of places I wrestle, the promoters have a, a lot of trust in me. Um, just because I've been able to go out there with my own ideas and and perform and do good business. And I think realistically, I think with wrestling it. It needs to be that way. Like I said, there needs to be structure. There needs to be um, not a script that we follow, but there needs to be there needs to be a structure there. Mm. Um, but at the same time, I think you've got to let the guys go out there and be real, be authentic, and let them use their own ideas to get over the crowd. Because if you give me a script, Jr., and say, "Marty, go out there and do this," mm. I'm not an actor. I'm a professional wrestler, but I can go out there and I could be me. Sure. I can be the villain, Mighty Scale. Yeah. And those fans, they can read that. They can, if it's organic, if it's real, they can buy into that. It's the same reason when I was a kid and I used to watch Bret Hart. I don't know why, but 
I, you know, I looked up to him. I wanted to buy his shades. I wanted to get his T-shirt. I wanted to buy a ticket to the show. I wanted to buy the pay-per-view because I believed in him. And uh, it's one of those things where if I'm if I'm doing a painting, you know, you can come up to me and you can say, Marty, maybe try it like this or do it like that. And I'll be like, okay, no problem. Do it like that. Oh, you've made it better. Thank you. But if you come up to me and I'm painting it and grab my wrist and do it for me, good, I'm not. I'm not the painter anymore. I'm just holding the paintbrush. Right. So I need that creative freedom. That's always the biggest part. Of, you know, I always say the, some of the best things in wrestling are the the improv and the moments you just do on the fly and when it feels real. Many times in the ring, I say, okay, I don't know exactly what I'm going to do, but I'll fill it in there and we'll, we'll see how it goes. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I, I'm willing to risk it to get that moment where something does pay off and you can get that organic connection. So. Um, for a lot of uh, places uh, to go back to your question a lot of places I have a lot of creative freedom Um, New Japan for example last year Wrestle Kingdom I decided I was going to do this big elaborate entrance where I came out with these um, mechanical wings I don't think I even told New Japan about that (laughs) I just turned up with them and they're like oh okay Um, because in my head I'm like okay I'm in this match there's four of us there's a lot of big stars on the show you've got Chris Jericho on the show Kenny Omega all these big matches like I've got to maximize my minutes. How can I steal the show somewhat? Amen. And I'm like, okay, well, I have an entrance. Let's make sure it's the best entrance of the show. I can control that. So uh, stuff like that. Um, and in Ring of Honor, I've had a, I've had a really good time recently. Um, I uh, Ring of Honor has always been about sort of young, hungry talent, you know, going out there and leaving it all in the ring. Um, and obviously I've been there established for a while as the, the villain or the super villain. So uh, I was the one that said to Ring of Honor, I said, hey, why don't we... Uh, why don't we bring in the hurricane as the as the superhero to kind of combat me? And I so it's it's, it's, a, it's a written story. You know, yeah. we don't have to kill each other. We can have a, a compelling story that everyone can understand. It's easy to get behind, and uh, you know, we could do a sort of good piece of business. And we end up doing a series of uh, maybe I think four matches in the end, and uh, the crowd really got into it because it's just an easy story and it's it's fresh for me to be able to go do. 20-minute junior-style match in Japan, you know, come back to America, I do a, a nice story-based match with some experience like the Hurricane. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's really cool when the companies, you know, let me put my... Because I've, I've been wrestling a long time myself, so, you know, I, I feel like I know what works for me and what doesn't. So, uh, no, it varies from promotion to promotion, but for, for the most part, I get a lot of... I probably get a lot more creative freedom than the next wrestler, I'd say. That's good. Uh, that means they trust you, which is a huge thing in our business. For sure. Trust, a huge thing. Uh, you know, there's a lot of rumors out there, and I'm not going to go too deep into this deal, but and there's that way every year. You know, for years, New Japan had most of their contracts coming due in one at one lump time, seemingly. Yes. Seemingly. And I always thought that was a big mistake. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and so, you know, the, the hot rumors is that there's there's some really outstanding talents there, which we all know. And you you included in that outstanding list, without question, uh, that are going to have other opportunities. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those big opportunities don't come along. Well, there'll be another one next month. No, not really. Jill. This might be a real good one here. You might want to think about or Or WWE may say something about, you know, we're expanding in the U.K. and we want you to be a part of that growth and, mm-hmm. you know, be a global star. And there, that's all good, too. Yeah. But someplace, some of you cats are going to have to make some decisions, I would think. I'm not trying to pry in your business, yeah. but I guess really I am. No, absolutely. Um, well, I think that's just uh, that's um, really speaks volumes of how far the wrestling scene has come in the previous, you know, five 
five years even. When I came into wrestling, it was after the time when WCW had been brought out, ECW had been uh, brought out. So there wasn't a lot of options for guys. It was go to the WWE or or not. And more so recently with the growth of things like New Japan and even got you know companies like Ring of Honor and the stuff we've been doing. It's given us uh, a, a, another platform to to make money, but not just provide for our families, but make make good money. And we've we've got our shirts in every single mall of America now. We've you know we're, we're running stadium shows. We're, there's pop funkos out there for us, and it's it's like wow, like we're in a position now where maybe we don't have to um, have to go work to WWE to make good money. And uh, obviously, there's something very satisfying about being your own boss. Like I, as an independent contractor. You know, wrestlers are always independent contractors, but I always question that. Oh, well, are they really independent contractors? Yeah, a good point. Right, but with myself, I'm like, okay, well, I'll be an independent contractor, but I'm going to make sure I'm my own boss. I'm going to pick my own hours. I'm going to make my own business decisions. I'm going to be where I want to be, when I want to be. And that's really cool. I Most of the jobs I had when I was younger, I got fired from. I've never had attention span. I used to get, I got good grades in school, but I was always in trouble. I used to get suspended, and I, I'm not, very good at getting told what to do and that's a that's a fault of mine for sure um but in this wrestling i feel like i can make it work so um like i said before i'm always going to work best i think doing things on my own terms um wwe great company um i'm not sure that's something that i'd ever really want to do at the same time i'd be lying if i tell you how I haven't thought about you know doing my entrance for example out of Wrestlemania I'm sure that could be a hell of a production and something that fans could really get behind but uh, it always has to be on the right terms and always has to be what's best for me and it, to be honest with you I, I mean I'm still quite young but I've been wrestling a long time and um, my body's in decent shape but it's it's the miles that you put on it's sure. the bumps it, it's rough I mean you know, just to travel alone, it, it's pretty brutal. And I just want to provide the best I can, really, for my family and have the best life outside of the business. So it's, it's you got to calculate everything up. Do you know what you I mean? Got calculation is a mm-hmm. good word. Strategizing. Yeah. All that stuff is important. I, I think you're going to, whatever you're going to do, you're going to do well because you understand the psychology mm-hmm. of wrestling. And that's why I say, Marty, in my opinion, and so, again, some people misconstrue this because of my age and my experience. Is that uh, you know you can't? Uh, it's it's hard to replace road-tested, trained talents like yourself. Because I'm sure I I was telling the story this some some other day. I got I worked an event one time. I refereed the whole card, and I got two hot dogs. Sure. And I wanted to buy a, a coke. I'll get a coke to go with my two hot dogs as for part of my payday. And the guy wanted a quarter, twenty-five cents. <laughs> yeah. I didn't get a twenty-five cent coke. I said, "Well, I must have been really bad tonight." Cause yeah, yeah. I got a cold. I got two cold hot dogs, oh. no mustard packets, just hot dogs <laughs> and bread, and, uh, and oh. a, a twenty-five cent coke. I don't Tr- want that no more. Trust me, I've I've, I've been there. Right? <laughs> well, I I think uh, you're gonna your, your career is gonna be good because the other thing you, you can verbalize. Yeah, great personality you can verbalize. There's a lot of things that people could do with Marty Skrull. I can just see the principal now. Marty Skrull, Martin Skrull, please come to the principal's office. <laughs> Hell yeah, that was that was a common affair. For my, my poor mother, you know, looking back, getting those phone calls. <laughs> Martin, what were you thinking? 
<laughs> I uh, just a young kid, lot of a uh, lot of attention needed for me, a lot of energy, and now I give it to the wrestling world. <laughs> well, how old were you when uh, when they had the big match at Wembley Stadium, big SummerSlam? I, I was I was super duper young, so yeah, I would have been four years old. Yeah. So that's something I would have watched a little later on. Um, did you watch it? Oh yeah, of course I did. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was a massive Bulldog fan as well, so. Probably my two favourites growing up, Bulldog, obviously, because he was he was British, um, and uh, just Brett. There was in the in Europe, I think it was very evident in the wrestling how different the cultures between uh, sort of Europe and America. It was very evident in in the wrestling, whereas America was more larger than life, more colour, more spectacle. Where in Europe they liked like things to be a bit more traditional and a little bit more strict and serious. So it was more evident in the wrestling as well. So wrestlers like Bulldog and especially Brett were, we, we got into them a lot more than we could like a Hogan or a Warrior. I mean, those guys were big stars, don't get me wrong. But I think in, in, the, in Europe, we liked our wrestlers to be more kind of, sports driven and focused and they can get behind that more so yeah. it makes sense yes, so, absolutely. so absolutely. they were much they were considered I think bigger stars it was certainly for me anyway the way I looked at it as a kid because we can obviously we can really relate to the, the real American Hulk Hogan we can really we're like oh that's cool but we can really get behind that but you know right. Brett a man who goes out there and fights for his you know family and tradition we could we can get behind yeah it's an easy sort of follow yes it's, it's using real life human emotion mm-hmm. real life human emotion yes yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, Marty, I, I appreciate you uh, taking time on your our cruise here. I've enjoyed chatting with you. I've been wanting to have you on the show. I did apologize to Marty, ladies and gentlemen. But weeks ago, the first time I screwed his name up. <laughs> and uh, But I'm not going to apologize for confusing you and show. Oh, no. Those of you that are looking for an <laughs> apology for me can kiss my ass. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, but I've had a lot of fun. That's kind of resurrected me a little bit, Marty, uh, calling those matches with you guys uh, live. I envy the dudes, whoever that may be this week, calling the matches for New Japan World. But I love, the, I envy those guys because they're there. Yes. There's nothing like being there. No. no. You know, and we did our always did our best in a studio in L.A., but it's still not the same. You, you can't, know, yeah. You know, it's not the same, man. It's, 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 it's wrestling is all moments it's all emotion it's all it's all feeling it when you're there so i i can imagine that being a difficult job for you obviously it's a credit to you being able to do that uh in post because uh, i really feel like to capture that moment you you know you you do have to be there i think don't you the audience yeah. is a relationship between, you want to be there yes of course yeah you want to be there because it just makes it so much better uh and maybe in 2019 who knows? You know, I can get on an airplane and go to Japan as easy as anybody you else. You should come, man. Make sure you get first class. There won't be no coach seats. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get heat for the boys. Uh, that old JR started flying economy, that bastard. Uh, how the, you're two, uh, the two prominent Brits other than yourself on the roster. I want to quickly ask, because i got a lot of people that, from Britain to listen to the show. Yes. Uh, Osprey yep. and Zack Sabre Jr. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you this, Marty. Uh was it the Japan, the Japan Cup? We did the uh, Junior Heavyweight Cup recently, right? Yeah, no, the, before that. Where oh. Zach Sabre Jr. went through the, the roster. And oh, yes. by submissions. Yeah, it was great. He he beat the elite of the elite. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that may be the shrewdest, most 
timely booking. Yeah. And let me tell you the other difference, I think. Maybe I'm wrong. Your your guys and the New Japan guys did business. Mm-hmm. They tapped out. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of babyface Americans, and certainly a lot of a lot of Americans in general, babyface or heels, well, can we do something else? Yes. Yeah. And I, I, that tells me you still don't get it. Yeah. 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 I I always found that that was a, one of my struggles coming to America to make a name for myself is uh, m- my my finish or special would be uh, the crossface chicken wing um, submission. And you'd find a lot of guys, it would hurt their ego if they had to tap out, yeah. which I found shocking because <laughs> in a real fight, like I told you, with the shoot experience, if, if if we had a fight right now, Jim, it would be much easier for you to catch me in submission and tap me out than it would be to pin my shoulders to the mat for three seconds. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's unbelievable, you know, to catch someone in submission. It happens to everyone. You've seen Brock Lesnar in the Octagon get tapped out. It's a First fight. Right. It happens. It happens. So if he's going to tap out, I'm pretty sure we can, you know what I mean? We can all do it. So it's a, that's a, a weird psychology. But uh, in Japan, it's a lot more, it is a lot more sports space anyway. I like so that. I think the guys, you know, and what a great story that is. It's, you have Zack Sabre Jr. Okay. Uh, similar to myself, but it's, it's like, you know, not the most intimidating figure, but it's like, well, he has a very, very trained uh, and experienced skill set. Oh, yeah. And if he can catch you in that submission, then sorry, you know, Long, on this day he caught you. Do you know what I mean? Long body, lean, yeah. flexible. Mm-hmm. As a broadcaster, you tell that story. That's the narrative you give. Exactly. Him. And you yeah. put over what he does well. Yeah. Uh, you know, Bill Watson, my, one of my first bosses, was my first boss, really my mentor, Hall of Fame guy, you know, 6'3", 300-pound, big Great, great, great uh, success in pro wrestling. You know, he said you got to, you got to figure out something to that's good about somebody. To hang your hat on to tell yeah, the story. Yeah, something. Mm-hmm. I remember the best attitude I ever got on TV. I was a young kid in my twenties. Was uh, uh, he? They brought a guy in to do uh, the honors on TV taping, and in those days, the only guys that got paid for doing the weekly TV were the guys who were getting beat. Right. The 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 job guys. You job guys. The, whatever the hell their <laughs> name is. And uh, I didn't give the guy enough accolades because I didn't know them. So number one, I learned a lesson about always trying to find something out about all the the underneath guys that are coming in to put somebody over. I I, I did that from that point forward. But I got my ass cheap because why would I have this guy here? I was Jim then, not Jr. Why would I have this guy here, Jim, if he wasn't any good? Right. And I said, well, he looked. I said, it doesn't matter what you think, how he looked. That's not your decision. Your decision is to find something and be creative enough in finding something that you can tell me something about this guy that, hey, I hear that he's not lost a street fight in his hometown in four years. Sure. He's a bad dude. Don't judge a book by his cover, folks. He's got a dynamite right hand. Yeah. I don't know what he's got. I don't of know if course. he's ever been on a street fight in his life. <laughs> yeah. But I gave him something, right? Yes. He gave, so yep. going forward, that's what I did. But I didn't do it on that day, and, I, and he caught it. So. You got to put everybody over. Yeah, everybody yeah. over in that guard. How how do you think uh, those two cats? Like I said, Zach Saber, the booking of that was amazing. Uh, I always in, enjoyed uh, Osprey's work. I sometimes wonder how he's still alive. Tell me all. <laughs> <laughs> I've done a good job of uh, yeah trying to put him away over the years. So. <laughs> you guys got great chemistry. Yeah, yeah, we do. You I really think, do, man. I think uh, it's a good. I think the the stuff that Will Ospreay can do in the ring is, is second to none. It, it's so it's so crazy and innovative and exciting to watch. So I feel like it's a great contrast when you can put him in the ring with someone like me 
when we can actually use on that amazing athletic agility he has and someone like me can go in there and maybe bully him a bit, pick on him a bit and we can tell a good story with it, you yeah. know, and make, I'll try and wrestle with him and make the people want to see his moves even more than he did before. Um, so I feel like, um, you know, he goes in there with guys like Ricochet and all these other amazing high flyers and they can do all these crazy feats of athleticism and, and it's great. But I think it's, we seem to, Joe and maybe his, his best matches, I almost feel like, are oh, with me because we can actually tell that story behind it. It's an easy story to tell with, um, you know, our relationship over the years and uh, how we've, you know, our careers have, have He was always trying to figure out a way to beat you. Exactly. And that, um, that's a great story we told. Yeah. You know, uh, as great as Osprey is, mm -hmm. look at the record. Yeah. Marty Skrull. <laughs> his uh, number. Got, he's yeah. got his number. Yeah. Simple as that. Uh, yeah. And, um, yeah, and I think people really got got behind that story and they, you know, they wanted to, it got it became a, a case of they didn't just want to watch Osprey's matches to see his moves you know, not caring if you won or lost, just want to see a good match between, okay, we'd like to see him, see him beat Marty now. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, we, we did some good business. I think that uh, one of the things, when I think about how good uh, Will is, is his selling. Mm -hmm. He's a very good seller. He knows him to sell verbally with a, with a scream of pain and agony. He knows when to uh, have a, a disfigured look on his face because he's in so much pain and misery. Mm -hmm. He's just really, really good at selling. And when you do some of your uncanny, unique things where you're popping knuckles and yep. joints and all this stuff, he sells out like he's a shot with a gun. Yeah. It's funny because when, because me and Osprey know each other relatively well and we've had many battles. We do go pretty hard against each other in the ring, probably harder than I would and against most people. But uh, I remember this last match we had, there was one point where I put his neck on the ropes and I just sort of stood on it and just squashed his neck against the back of the rope and I had so many people tweet me being like what the hell man you're going to kill him <laughs> like, well that's what I'm yeah I am trying to kill him that's what I'm kind of yeah, going for that, yeah I'm trying to win I'm trying to beat him up are you I'm not there dancing with him yeah. you know what I mean it's not ballet baby it's not ballet <laughs> we can't, you can't well, apparently ballet is actually super hard on the body but yeah it's yeah it, I've heard that yeah but no uh, yeah, it made me laugh and people say don't hurt him I said let's wrestle of course I'm going to hurt him absolutely <laughs> Hey, uh, thanks again for stopping by. Uh, enjoy the cruise. It's been amazing, hasn't it? This it's cruise. been great. I've been the I've been the workhorse of this cruise. I've been booked in so many matches, <laughs> <laughs> which is it's actually been pretty cool actually because uh, something so uh, you know new and innovative as as the Jericho cruise. Uh, I've always been a big fan of Chris Jericho growing up. He's one of my favorites. So for him to asked me to come along and be in all these big attraction matches, main events every day. And I take it, uh, at first I think, oh, Lord, I've got a, I've got a lot of work, hard work to do. But then I think, okay, no, I'll, I'll take it on my stride. I'll make sure I go out there and be the entertainer that I know I can be and, and give these fans a, a great show every day and, and, and take it in my pride and be like, wow, I can, you know, really, uh, it, it, you know, give the fans a good show. So, no, it's, it's, it's been great fun. Uh, Looking forward to getting home to the to the wife and the dog, but uh, it's been great. I mean, we're just doing this podcast now, um, Jim. We're the, looking out at the at the scene. It's a beautiful, beautiful uh, view, and it's it's it's, it's a fantastic place to be. Good, great, listen, buddy. Thank you. I'm, I'm I'm a big fan of your work, and I'll do my best to always pronounce your name correctly. Don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Thanks, Marty. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. A very cerebral villain. Marty Skrull. 
pretty good conversation. I got a lot of respect for Marty. Uh, boy, if, if I had a team, you'd want you know any anybody that was involved in wrestling administration would want a mature professional athlete that's highly skilled like Marty Spurl on their roster. He's another dude that'll never have a problem being booked, uh, in my estimation. Uh, about to wrap it up here today, I want to remind you that we appreciate you rating and subscribing in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, uh, wherever you get your podcast, wherever you get your Slobberknocker audio. You can go there, listen to our show, and we, we appreciate you uh, leaving your, uh, your rating, uh, your comments, and certainly – you know, we got we want our goal now is to do seventeen hundred fifty five star ratings. We 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 left our goal because we we blew the other one out of the water, and so right now we need two hundred sixteen five star ratings to whittle away at our goal of seventeen fifty for this year. So if you can help us out there, we appreciate it. Uh, Jericho Holic nine thirteen says Jr was the voice of wrestling from my childhood and continues to bring wrestling to us with fresh thoughts and ideas. A great podcast. Thank you, sir. Uh, NS Eagle says, I love this podcast because JR is real. Well, that's sometimes JR being real has bitten him on the ass, NS Eagle, but I don't know any other way. The real WHM says, have always enjoyed JR's podcast, but this relaunch on the mighty Westwood One and new format has renewed my interest and love for the show. Thanks, Jim Ross, for entertaining us with the stories, the impressions, and the honesty. Everyone must click the subscribe button and leave a five-star rating. Got a boy. And, hey, this show is free. Love it. Thank you, sir. Nice stuff. Nice stuff. So, again, we appreciate your comments, your feedback, uh, subscribing to our show, wherever you watch your Slobberknocker audio in your lifetime. There's a lot of good audio out there. Right here on the Westwood One, you can find a ton of it. Some big-time podcasters. And uh, we appreciate your support. And by the way, we have this thing going on. We want to know a little bit more about you guys. And so here's the deal. If you got a minute, I think it probably will take you. Uh, a minute to spare, I'd appreciate if you visited www.podsurvey.com. Fill out the short survey telling me who you are and what you like to do. This information will be used to help us create content for the show and to find advertisers you want to hear from. Again, visit www.podsurvey.com to complete the survey and help us learn more about you. So uh, remember to submit your comments, questions, or interview suggestions uh, to the Jim Ross Report at gmail.com. Producer Ted and I appreciate that. Uh, new episodes escape every Wednesday, as you know. And uh, I also would like to remind you that you can follow some of our exploits on Twitter at JRSBBQ. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Jim Ross BBQ. And uh, next week, very special guest. We'll both be in the studio in uh, Culver City as uh, I will talk to uh, Nita Strauss. And uh, she's one of the premier guitarists in the entire world, a massive wrestling fan. She played Shinsuke Nakamura to the ring at WrestleMania. She was at Evolution. She was in Mick Foley's special. She's uh, an amazing talent. Uh, check her out. Go look at her her, her uh, 
our website or simply Google Nita Strauss. And uh, she and I will be sitting down to talk. She's a major wrestling fan with uh, the worst in entertainment. I'm, I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. And Plus, she's hot. No, I heard nothing, right? Is that chauvinistic to say that? Is that? Am I going to be sent to HR? She's a very attractive woman. But she's an amazing guitarist. I don't know if you'll ever hear a better guitar player. And I'm pretty much of a guitar snob. She's as good as there is, let me tell you. So we'll be talking to Nita here next week on the program. Hope you guys will join us again as well. I sincerely appreciate and value your support uh, here on our show. We're having a lot of fun doing it. A lot of the, I'm having fun doing it with uh, uh, a lot of great people and our staff at Westwood One. We're just kicking ass, man. The show's growing every week. Thanks to you guys. Tell your friends about our show. Hey, check out JR's show. I think you'll like it. Hope you enjoy the, the interviews today with Dave LaGreca, a great broadcaster, and, of course, uh, the villain, Marty Skrull, uh, here with us as well. So for everybody at Westwood One and good old JR here, I'm uh, going to head in that, in that black Escalade. I'm going to start her up with the seatbelt on. I'm going to circle right back down to Norman, Oklahoma City, from the studios of The Cat. So uh, until next week, everybody, do something nice for folks. Be kind. Be respectful. Set your goals high. And remember that our tomorrows are never guaranteed. So until next Wednesday, I'm good old J.R. Jim Ross saying so long, everybody. The Westwood One Podcast Network, 83 weeks with Eric Bischoff. He was like a kaleidoscope of gimmicks. Three words, less is more. And it's one of the reasons Paige went on to become such a, a, a big star and a talented guy. He ended up in the WWE Hall of Fame as a result because he learned that he didn't need all of those gimmicks. Those gimmicks are distracting. 83 weeks with Eric Bischoff. Free, free. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Hey, everybody, this is Dan Bespris, host of Fantasy NBA Today, a daily fantasy basketball podcast. We cover every box score from every game every day, plus bonus shows on buy low opportunities, players to stash, schedule analysis, and really anything you could need to smash your league into deliciously tiny pieces. Catch the Fantasy NBA Today podcast, part of the Believe Network on YouTube or wherever you listen.